iHeartRadio.com. Friday, the 29th of September. It's the Feast of the Archangels. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you thanks and praise. Through the power of Michael, leader of the heavenly armies in the war against evil, protect your people, Lord. Through the word of Gabriel, message bearer of the gospel, save your people, Lord. Through the intervention of Raphael, companion and healer, comfort your people, Lord. O God, in your great wisdom, you have given to your angels and to your people each their proper tasks. Grant us the protection of the angels who serve ever in your presence. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, pray for us. Happy Feast Day to anybody named any of those things, by the way, this morning. I know several of you for each of those categories of name. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news, and up this hour, we've got a lot going on. Uh, Deacon Stephen Gray Donis is teaching theology and doing a uh, seminar for Gonzaga University on the multiverse and Catholic philosophy and using the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Spider-Verse and stuff as the jumping-off point. If the biggest blockbusters of our time are caring about this question, it'd be interesting to know what the Catholic Church teaches about these kinds of questions. So, we'll get into some of that. Father Sebastian Walsh joins us from St. Michael's Abbey. It is their onomastico today. He's going to talk a little bit about the construction um, and the thinking behind why it was built the way it was built. We'll talk to Ken Craycraft with some thoughts on the Synod on Synodality. Father Hezekiah Carnazzo along at the end of the hour as well as we look ahead to the Sunday Mass readings. So stay with us if you are able. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Pope Francis is preparing to preside over a new consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 men who will be elevated tomorrow come from all over the world, among them American-born Cardinal-elect Robert Prevost, who heads up the Dicastery for Bishops, as well as the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Cardinal-elect Christophe Pierre. This all coming ahead of the opening of the Synod Assembly for the Synod on Synodality next week. In Washington, the U.S. is forging ahead with a stopgap. The U.S. Senate is forging ahead with a stopgap funding bill before the government potentially shuts down at the end of this month. A partial government shutdown would affect millions of Americans, including federal workers who will be furloughed without pay. Military employees and essential workers in the Federal Aviation Administration would be required to work without pay. To avoid a shutdown, the Senate yesterday voted to open debate on a stopgap bill that would extend federal spending until November 17th. The, st- the bill still has to get past House Republicans who are demanding deeper cuts in spending. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is issuing subpoenas for Hunter Biden's bank accounts, bank records, as part of the GOP's impeachment inquiry into the president. 
Mark Mayfield has more. House Republicans claim that the president improperly profited off his son's foreign business dealings. On Thursday, Comer released a statement saying bank records and witness testimony reveal that Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain. He also subpoenaed the bank records of President Biden's brother and Hunter Biden's associate, Eric Schwerin. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Northeast is bracing for more flooding. The National Weather Service says a high-impact flood event could impact millions of people in the New York tri-state area today. Forecasters say nearly an inch of rain per hour is possible as well as flash flooding. New York City officials have issued a travel advisory through early tomorrow morning. Heavy rain is also likely in Connecticut and New Jersey. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain will take to Facebook Live at 10 a.m. Eastern time to announce the next steps in the strike against the big three Detroit automakers. Last Friday, the strike expanded from three plants to an additional 38 GM and Stellantis plants and distribution locations. The strike was not expanded at Ford plants because of the progress that had been made in contract talks with Ford. The Holy See's Secretary for Relations with States is urging U.N. member states to develop a spirit of service. Vatican News reports Archbishop Paul Gallagher was speaking during the U.N.'s high-level week. He said, quote, as part of this shared commitment, rulers must put aside their own needs, expectations, and desires for sovereignty or omnipotence before the concrete gaze of the most fragile, end quote. The IRS is imposing new rules for ticket resellers. More from Brian Shook. An updated form says anyone who made more than $600 by reselling tickets on StubHub or Ticketmaster will have to report that money as taxable income. It's a big change from the previous threshold, which was anyone who made over $20,000 in revenue. During Taylor Swift's recent heiress tour, stories about resellers made headlines as tickets that were normally $200 were being resold for thousands. I'm Brian Shook. And in our secular but still liturgically infused culture, National Coffee Day is here. The National Coffee Association says about two-thirds of Americans drink coffee daily, some of us more than others, and drink on average about three cups per day. Again, some of us more than average. The FDA says healthy adults can have four to five cups daily, and stay within the recommended caffeine limit. Studies have also suggested that moderate coffee intake could help you live longer and help prevent illnesses like heart disease, Parkinson's, and depression. Do we need, like, a Coffee Awareness Day? Was that, like, a something uh, that the I masses told- are screaming of? It's like not enough people know about coffee. We must have uh, a day I just want to make sure that people know that, that coffee is a thing. I tell you what. Yes. Well, you know I, mean, what? I was going to drink it anyway. I know, right? But now I'm aware that I'm drinking it. You know what would be awesome is if um, I want. I guess National Coffee Day is always September 29th. So I think we need. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's today is National Coffee Day, so. I should have found my Sunrise Morning Show mug for this. This is something. Well, I was just thinking, Matt, we got to call You got like up. A, somebody's pottery project, and I got something from, I think, that a relative picked up in Germany. Neat. Well, what, what I was going to Neither suggest. one of us are on brand today. I know. This is 
The um, these cameras running now, we've got to start wearing we logo had, gear. Uh, oh my gosh! Product right. placement, all these sorts of things. Well, I was going to say we gotta we gotta call up the Mystic Monks and be like, guys, National Coffee Day is the feast of the archangels. You mm. need an archangel coffee blend. Indeed. Yeah, what do you think? What would be the flavor? Me is not Mystic Monk. I don't have Mystic Monk product. I've got I think Lego and John Deere. Neat. And maybe some. You know what? That's and some Bible. And whoever trophies. made this candle back here that smells like mahogany and apple, but mahogany and apple. Yeah. Did you choose that? I mean, I know you spend a an egregious amount of time in the flavored candle section of your the man candle store. section. Mahogany and apple. Yeah. Hmm. I wish you could smell it through the radio, but we haven't updated that feature on the live stream. No, not yet. Not yet. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. It's eight minutes past the hour. We've been talking with Deacon Stephen Gray Donis, who's written a lot on the moral implications of multiverse theory uh, in various ways through Doctor Strange and the Spider-Verse and some other places. And you're giving a talk, Deacon Stephen, at Gonzaga in uh, Washington. Uh, tell us what the context of this event is, and then let's dig into your topic. So Gonzaga University hosts a faith film philosophy seminar every year at the end of September. And this year's seminar is devoted to the subject of multiverses in movies. And and this topic was occasioned by a couple of things, one of them being the huge popular and Oscar success and critical success of the Daniels movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And the other is, of course, what's going on in the world of superheroes, including the MCU, but also the Spider-Verse, and apparently an article that I wrote for Catholic World Report last year about uh, nihilism and humanism in the MCU is one of the things that tipped them into doing into doing this uh, this topic. So when I thought about what I was going to write about, I decided that for me the most natural thing was to write about the role of the multiverse in superhero movies specifically. And so the very nerdy name for my, for my talk is Crisis of Meaning in Infinite Earths, which is a reference to a famous comic storyline back in the 80s called Crisis in Infinite Earths. But in this case, it's a crisis of meaning. I think that was DC, wasn't it? Not yes, Marvel. that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. so you've got all these things going on. Um, and there are a lot of people who are like really following and excited about the Captain America, Tony Stark, Avengers, Thor storyline, and we finally beat Thanos, and then Marvel's like, well, let's keep this going, and now everybody's just colossally confused <laughs> with everything that Marvel has done ever since. But I, wanna st- I was trying to think about a good question to set this up and get you going. Uh, so in the first Avengers movie, um, Captain America you know, was getting ready to jump out the plane, and Black Widow stops him. And says, you know, don't go down there. Those are basically gods. And he says, there's only one god, ma'am. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. And it's one of the greatest, you know, kind of most rousing lines in those early movies. And it seems like everything ever since has been working to undermine how naive Captain America was for having said that <laughs> with the multiverse stuff. So what what is sort of the moral premise, at least in the MCU uh, well, and even in the Spider-Verse, what are some of the things that are being raised by throwing in this whole multiverse scenario? So one of the big questions is, is there a way that things are supposed to happen? Is there a plan to the universe? 
this is something that even unbelievers tend at certain key moments in their life to assume. Uh, I point out in my talk that in the first Iron Man movie, after surviving, almost being killed by one of his own weapons, and then surviving being uh, his captivity by terrorists, Tony says, I shouldn't be alive unless it was for a reason. And he doesn't say what that reason might be, and the movie doesn't care. And that's okay, because it's a human thing to look at moments in our life like that and say, there's a meaning in this. The universe is trying to tell me something. That's a line that we also hear in Thor, um, Love and Thunder, when Jane Foster is dying of cancer. And her, her best friend says to her, you're not hearing what the universe is trying to tell you. So... As these movies unfold, though, this sense that there might be a meaning to reality runs into, on the MCU side, what is really the MCU's kind of their fundamental idea, maybe their only idea that runs through more than one movie, which is don't trust the man. Like, don't trust authority. Be skeptical of, of uh, patriarchal establishment figures. And, and they follow that all the way up, if not all the way to God, at least as close as you can probably get in a comic book movie. So it starts out with um, Odin Allfather, for instance, who seems to be a benevolent, wise, patriarchal figure. He's kind of, um, is, is he a god? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. He's an arbiter of worthiness. But later we find out that he sits on a throne of lies, on a throne of blood, that the history of Asgard is this cover-up history of conquest and bloodshed and, and maybe uh, genocide and the erasure of Thor's older sister, who is Odin's um, uh, bloodthirsty general, played by Kate Blanchett. Uh, this is, this, and so this, this instinct for revealing that the powers that be, um, that they have secrets and hidden uh, agendas and, and that they're not honest about their motives, um, as the stories get bigger and more cosmic and the authorities become closer and closer to God, you start to run into the question of, you know, is, is this ultimately going to, is the universe completely nihilistic or is it only nihilistic up to a point? Yeah, that's a great question. And this <clears throat> this is where, you know, people are like, you're talking about superheroes and stuff. And well, yes, but they're also an interesting vehicle for talking about the Catholic perspective on free will and God's providence and plan, you know, compared to something like a, a more scientific materialist determinist view or a, even a Calvinist view. I know you come from a Calvinist background. Is what we are doing done because we are created out of love and invited into this big plan? Or is it, at the end of the day, it kind of doesn't matter to to us. It's all been predetermined to elevate the sovereignty of whoever's at the top of the at the top of the pile, right? I mean, this is a, this is kind of the question behind a lot of this. Absolutely, and that question is raised nowhere as pressingly as in um, Chloe Zhao's Eternals, where we find out that the creator maybe the of most depressing of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, by the way, a utterly yeah, depressing I movie. Absolutely. There's basically a God figure who turns out to have just built us as cogs in a machine and has no love for us. He might not be God, but when you have a universe like that, you have to ask the question, if there is a God above that, what access do we have to his will? It seems like we're in an epistemologically perverse situation. We're not created in God's image, and so what can we know of moral truth? I can't help but think of the end of Chesterton's short story, The Blue Cross, where— um, Flambeau the thief is posing as a priest and he's saying, well, you know, who knows? Look at the stars. Could be infinite worlds with infinite truths and infinite, you know, moral codes and the like. And uh, 
know, Father Brown checks him on that and says, no, uh, there may be infinite physical things out there, but there's only one truth, <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, I think that's kind of one of the questions that, that I at least hope gets raised in this discussion of multiverses. Like, is there a different standard in every single one of these things? Because ultimately, if the person at the top only cares about glory and self-preservation, then why would truth matter in any of these? Right. So there are two basic things that we have to say in response to that. And one of them is we have to let the story unfold and see where it goes. The story of the judgment of mankind in Eternals is not over yet. It may be that there is a higher authority that says that we have value as human beings, as life on Earth. And then I'm also really interested to see where the Spider-Verse is going, because it seems to me that there's a lot more hope for a truly humanistic and life-affirming answer in those films. Well, the people who make the Spider-Verse things are not into just doing predictable stuff. So I hope that you're right about that. So thank you, Deacon Stephen. I'll put a link to the Gonzaga University uh, Philosophy and Faith Seminar because it looks really fascinating. Thank you so much for your time. Excited to talk to you again. Excited about the new stage in your life. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. I would love to be back sometime. By the way, my talk is on Friday if anybody happens to be in driving distance of Spokane. All right. So Spokane area listeners, you heard it here. We're back with headlines right after this. It's 17 minutes past the hour. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is. And put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare, 844-334-3245. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. This is Jim Pinto, director of EWTN Media Missionaries. EWTN Media Missionaries prayerfully take EWTN to parishes and the community through the print and electronic media we provide. You can help EWTN share the good news by becoming a media missionary. Visit EWTNMissionaries.com today and join us in sharing the eternal word with the world. Telling you, I think that promo with Jim Pinto might have like an 808 drop in. Uh, what? Feel that, feel that, uh, that promo. By the way, I'm going to be at the Catholic Radio Conference here in a few weeks, and I'm hoping I get to see Jim, among others. You're going to have to well, give everybody. You're going to have to be my vicarious. I'll vicariously hugger. fist bump everybody. No, I, I don't see fist bump. Behalf. I hug. You hug. Well, I'll have to be a hugger. You can do a, a side hug if you need to. I might side hug youth group style while I'm it's down. Mean, mean. 
What are the headlines? Pope Francis is presiding over a consistory tomorrow to create 21 new cardinals. In Washington, the U.S. Senate is forging ahead with a stopgap funding bill before a government shutdown at the end of the month. And the Holy See today has released the theme of the message for Pope Francis for the World Day of Social Communications. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And Anna Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of cool in this uh, online video chat, which you can access uh, our live video stream through sunrisemorningshow.com. It's right there in the show notes. The link will take you straight to our streams. Um, so you see people commenting during the course of the show. Uh, but we still do get the emails and the other ways that people communicate. And Tony, uh, one of our listeners from Pennsylvania who hits us with notes every time, every now and then, she says that there's a Collegium in Herit College in Hagerstown, Maryland, that sells angel coffee. Oh. She sent me a picture of a, like one of those pods that you put in there, heavenly roast cherubim decaf. Ah, well, that's a great. Is the one at the top. But I don't want decaf, Tony. Yeah, no. This is a morning show. We don't do decaf on the Sunrise Morning Show. <laughs> what are you thinking? Story went fast. Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the angels list on sacredheartradio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from R's Cafe and Meeting House, opening October 2nd, offering delicious varieties of coffee and fresh-baked goods, pastries, sandwiches, and soups. R's Cafe and Meeting House, 6988 North Dearborn Road in Guilford, Indiana. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join others for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at jesuitspiritualcenter.com. Jesuitspiritualcenter.com. That's jesuitspiritualcenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Secrets from Heaven and Always a Catholic from Catholic Answers Press. Good morning, Father. Welcome back. Good morning, Annie. Thank you. It is so good to have you. And I'm excited about our topic today, St. Michael the Archangel. Of course, he shares a feast today with St. Gabriel and, and St. Raphael. Now, you are a Norbertine canon at the Abbey of St. Michael. So how do you all celebrate the feast there? <laughs> So today is an abbatial solemnity, 
which means that it's a it's a kind of the highest rank. The abbot celebrates the main mass, and uh, he's in, with his crozier and mitre and so forth, and all the Latin texts are sung. It's a very beautiful, um, very beautiful liturgy, and also. The office, divine office, is sung with greater solemnity. There's a lot more Latin. There are longer Latin responsories that are taken from our very ancient Norbertine tradition. But there's something very special that happens on this day. You may, you remember that we moved into a new abbey. And there's a beautiful story. The architect who built our abbey, he originally had, he had retired and he originally said no. But just as he was getting off the phone, he asked, what's the name of your abbey? And we said, St. Michael's Abbey. And he started to cry. And he said, I'll accept it. His son was named Michael and had died a premature death when he was in his 20s. And so on St. Michael's Day, something very beautiful happens. Right during the Magnificat, as Our Lady's hymn is being sung, the light from the rose window shines directly on the high altar on the Feast of St. Michael. So it's kind of a special architectural feature of our new abbey. Wow. Did he, like, figure out? All of that, like where the sun would be yes, shining yes. at a particular moment on that particular exactly. day. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. <laughs> now, let's just talk about St. Michael in general. Can you speak to the power of this archangel? Yes. So there is, as you mentioned, three angels who are mentioned by name in Scripture that we know are good angels. That's Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. There are two other angels that are named. There's Satan, obviously, who's a bad angel. And then there's Abaddon, who's the the keeper of the abyss in the book of Revelation, who the church has never recommended for devotion. So we just assume he's a bad angel, not a good one. But each of those three archangels has a special mission from God, right? So Gabriel means the strength of God. That's what Gabriel, the E-L at the end of each name means the Lord. It's an abbreviation for Elohim. Gabriel means the strength of God. Raphael means the remedy of God. So he's there for, you know, medicinal purposes, so to speak, in the book of Tobit. But Michael means who is like God. And that's a particular saying because of the fact that it was Satan himself who said he wanted to be like God. So Michael is the one who directly confronts Satan. He is, of all the angels, um, the one who who fought, we read in the book of Revelation, against the dragon and defeated him by the power of God. Huh? So Michael, so to speak, takes the place of Satan in the heavenly hierarchy. He's God's new leader of the hosts of heaven. And, um, and it was because of his great humility. Who is like God, right? He, he's, his very name signifies his humility and the fact that he humbled himself before the Lord. So um, he probably has the highest place among all the angels in heaven at this point. That's an incredible thought, isn't it? The link between humility and power. Yeah, and spiritual matters. What did Jesus say? The last shall be first. Huh? So the one who's least among you shall, shall be the leader. Huh? And that was true about St. Michael. Father, how would you encourage people to pray for the intercession of St. Michael? Well, we have beautiful prayers already composed by the Church. There's a famous St. Michael prayer that was composed by Pope Leo XIII, and um, and I recommend everyone say that prayer. It used to be that after every Mass, every low Mass, it's celebrated in the whole Church, that we said the St. Michael prayer. And recently, in a number of dioceses, including um, our own diocese in Orange, and also I know Springfield, Illinois, and a number of others, 
After Mass now, the faithful all say the St. Michael prayer. So that's the first thing I recommend, the prayer composed by Pope Leo XIII. But there are also other beautiful devotions as a chaplet of St. Michael. There are other um, devotional liturgical prayers for the archangels. I recommend looking up the texts from the liturgy for each of the archangels. And then, last but not least, in your private prayer, know that the angels are present and and speak to them the way you would speak to someone who's a, a, a powerful guardian, you know, who cares for you. And and that's not only true for the archangels, but your own guardian angels, you know, your own personally assigned angel to guard you. You should speak to your angels the way you speak in some way to your parents, huh? As someone assigned by God to care for you and protect you, but who loves you deeply and who sees you as their special charge. It's kind of cool, actually. It's incredibly cool to think that the angel who threw Satan from heaven uh, can protect each of us from the wickedness and snares of the devil, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. We're glad he's on our side. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. We've been talking to Father Sebastian Walsh, who is a a Norbertine canon at the Abbey of St. Michael. Father, if listeners want to check out pictures of that abbey you have in the Diocese of Orange or learn more about your abbey there, where do they go? Yes. Well, there's an online site for St. Michael's Abbey. I think michaelsabbey.com, you, you can come online and just see it. And there's, there's a section that has photos. There's all sorts of information about the abbey. Awesome. And you can find St. Michael's Abbey linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much, Father Sebastian Walsh course today we also celebrate the archangels i think father mentioned this the archangels gabriel and raphael or Raphael. be interesting to know maybe i'll have matt put up some kind of a poll is it raphael or Raphael? to you i kind of tend toward raphael myself i don't know would love to know sonrisemorningshow.com you can go join the live stream chat Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Pope Francis is preparing to preside over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 men who will be elevated tomorrow come from all over the world. And among them is American-born Cardinal-elect Robert Prevost, who heads up the Dicastery for Bishops. And also, the Pope will be elevating the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Cardinal-elect Christophe Pierre. This all coming ahead of the opening of the Synod on Synodality Assembly that will take place next week. In Washington, the U.S. Senate is moving ahead with a stopgap funding bill before the government is set to shut down at the end of the month. A partial government shutdown would affect millions of Americans, including federal workers who would be furloughed without pay. Military employees and essential workers in the Federal Aviation Administration would be required to work but will not get paid. To avoid a shutdown, the Senate Thursday voted to open debate on a stopgap bill that would extend federal federal spending until November 17th. The bill has yet to get past House Republicans who are demanding deeper cuts in spending. Former President Trump will not try to move his Georgia election interference case to a federal court. 
Ryan Shook has more. His lawyer said Thursday that the decision is based on Trump's well-founded confidence that the court intends to fully, completely protect his constitutional right to a fair trial and guarantee him due process of law. Many expected the former president to try to move the case in order to invoke immunity protections for federal officials. Trump has pleaded not guilty to all charges in a racketeering indictment for alleged efforts to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results. I'm Brian Shook. Texas Attorney General Ken, pa- Ken Paxton and Yelp are suing each other over the verbiage used to describe crisis pregnancy centers online. After the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs case overturning Roe v. Wade, Yelp began notifying users that pro-life crisis pregnancy centers, quote, typically provide limited medical services and may not have licensed medical professionals on site, end quote. Paxton said the site violated Texas law by posting allegedly incorrect information. Yelp preemptively sued Paxton on Wednesday in order to maintain the notices about crisis pregnancy centers not providing abortion. On Thursday, Paxton filed his own lawsuit alleging the company misled consumers. The president of the United Auto Workers, Sean Fain, will take to Facebook Live this morning to announce the next steps in the strike against the big three Detroit automakers. Last Friday, the strike expanded from three plants from each of the big three to an additional 38 GM and Stellantis parts and distributions locations. The strike was not expanded at Ford plants because of the progress that had been made in contract talks with them. The writers' strike is over, but Hollywood's actors are still picketing, demanding better pay and protections. Mark Mayfield has more. On Wednesday, SAG-AFTRA announced that they'll begin negotiations again next week. The talks will be attended by several executives from the Actors' Union and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. SAG-AFTRA members are asking for a bigger cut of the revenue from streaming shows and more protections against the use of artificial intelligence. I'm Mark Mayfield. Elon Musk is taking a tour of Eagle Pass, Texas, to, in his words, quote, eyeball the situation going on at the southern border. Trey Thomas reports. Musk posted on X that he arrived at the city that borders Mexico on Thursday with Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez addressing members of the public in a live video. So here we are at Eagle Pass uh, and we're going to be meeting with uh, the major officials uh, and uh, law enforcement responsible for the border. Musk said the U.S. should have an expedited legal approval for migrants but shouldn't let people in if they're breaking the law. I'm Trey Thomas. And the whole Holy See has released the Pope's theme for the next World Day of Social Communications. It is artificial intelligence and wisdom of the heart for a fully human communication. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. Have you used our QR code to download the Sacred Heart Radio app? The app lets you hear Sacred Heart Radio from anywhere and gives you access to the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast. To get the app, visit sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code. Schneller Knockleman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time for all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work. 
Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at hoting.com. Longtime underwriter and proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given human rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability, or disability. CincinnatiRightToLife.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of the Archangels, Friday, September the 29th. And your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, online at skpha.com. Rather foggy outside, depending on where you are, so some low visibility this morning. Right now, temperatures in the upper 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll turn partly cloudy today with a high of 79 degrees. Fog developing again tonight with an overnight low of 58. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 80 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, foggy this morning, then partly cloudy this afternoon. High of 78 degrees. Mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 57. Some morning fog tomorrow, then mostly sunny with a high of 80 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. It's 37 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So happy to have you along with us on this Feast of the Archangels. Pray for us. Sunrise Morning Show legal and political analyst Ken Craycraft joining us again. He's a professor at Mount St. Mary's Seminary. He writes for the Catholic Telegraph, our Sunday visitor, and the Catholic Herald, among other publications. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Annie. Nice to be back with you. It is nice to have you back. So on October 4th, the delegates who have been chosen to attend the month-long assembly for the Synod on Synodality will be gathering for the first time, there have been many, many thoughts by many, many very opinionated people um, shared over these. Uh, gosh, how long has it been since these synod well, listening two, sessions began? Two years. It's been two, two years. years since the uh, since the whole process was implemented, and wow. uh, it's hard to believe it's been that long. I was looking back on some things I've written about it. And uh, yeah, the first thing that I wrote about it was uh, a little uh, more than two years ago, or a little less than two years ago, on the on the uh, initiating documents and uh, how unfortunately vague they were. Mm -hmm. And uh, I you know, voiced pessimism at the time and and uh, voiced concern that uh, this was a, a road to nowhere. And uh, uh, I have good days and bad days, Annie. And some days I think still think it's a road to nowhere. And actually, unfortunately, those are my good days. When you say road to nowhere, I just start singing the song. So it automatically makes me much more optimistic. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I love that song, though. I'm on a road to nowhere. Anyway, Ken, um, what are your thoughts right now? Are you feeling any more hopeful? 
Well, I, it, you know, again, Annie, it really does have to do with with how I, you know, with what I had for breakfast. Um, mm. I, I, I can't say that I am. I, I'm hopeful in this in this sense, Annie. I'm hopeful in the sense that there are um, there are representatives who will be at the Senate on Senatality, uh, who I think are going there with the right attitudes and going there with an openness to thinking about the articulation of the faith in the context of authentic development. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and a lot of those voices are coming from the U.S. They're not, they're not representatives from the U.S. Who, are, who were appointed by the Vatican, but rather who are being sent by the USCCB. And that includes uh, 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 Bishop Robert Barron, of course, and, and some yeah. others. Uh, so in that context, I am optimistic because it seems to me that there will be a significant number of people who have, who have, in my estimation, a proper understanding of doctrine, doctrinal development. On the other hand, Annie, there are a, a very significant people there who are going there with an agenda, uh, and that agenda is one that I'm very concerned about. And that the uh, the the synod on synodality and the quote listening unquote is just a pro- is just a, a pro- well I should put it this way there's a conclusion uh, in search of a process and the conclusion is already determined and the and the process is window dressing for reaching a conclusion or trying to force a conclusion about certain aspects of doctrine that are uh, in tension with if not in some ways. Um, looking very much uh, contradictory to how the church has understood certain issues. So, so, and, and I think that a lot of people have the same sort of uh, reservations and optimism that I do. On the one hand, uh, yes, optimistic. On the other hand, very concerned that the Senate will be taken over by people with an agenda. Mm-hmm. And that agenda, I'm, I'm sorry to say, is not one that, that looks hopeful in terms of a proper understanding of how doctrine develops and how it does not. And and so, you know, I'll be watching very, very carefully, as many other people will. But the difference between those two things, between what we call the, the development of doc- doctrine and the corruption of doctrine, uh, is sometimes the line is thin, but uh, the ca- but the, the differences are deep, and, and that's what we have to watch for. Well, let me ask you this, because the one thing that I keep thinking about with the Synod when, when I start my own hand-wringing over this is that, is this really going to be the day that, uh, that the Holy Spirit leaves the chair of Peter? I mean, I, I believe Jesus when he says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that he founded. So, I mean, I think back to, you look at, at, at something like Humanae Vitae, for instance, and the, the group of, of bishops that we now know right. from history that wanted to go in a very different direction on the issue yeah. of contraception. And it looked by all accounts that that was the way that the church was going to go. And, and Paul VI put the, the brakes on it. And yeah, and the, the successor of St. Peter put the brakes on it. So yeah. should we really be a little more hopeful for the church at large in this? I mean, who knows what's going to be said at the Synod, but do we need to worry that the church is going to abandon her doctrine here? Not the church, Annie. And that's and that's why and that's where, uh, again, it, I'm of, of 
two minds when I think about this. So yes, the the promise of Christ obviously is a promise that we believe will ne- it will always uh, uh, be upheld, and that is uh, that He will never abandon the church. But that doesn't necessarily mean that members of the church and even people who speak for the church are actually discerning the voice of the Spirit. And that's what I, I have to say. That sometimes I get uh, a little bit angry when I hear some people say that people who have questions about this process of synodality are denying the voice of the Spirit or are not listening yeah, to the voice ludicrous. of the Spirit. Yeah. Bec- yes, exactly. It is because it, it isn't just because the church meets in a conclave doesn't mean that that the, those pe- members of the conclave are listening to the Spirit. Yeah. And, 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 and that's it. So we have this sort of, uh, you know, we have th- there's a group of people out there who who are very hopeful uh, that the Senate will reach certain conclusions about certain, especially moral issues, and 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 not just hopeful that it will, but but kind of confident that it will, and therefore it will say, well, since the church has since the Senate has reached these decisions, that's the decision of the church. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. That compl- that completely begs the question. The Spirit speaks, but we're perfectly uh, will uh, able. Uh, not to listen or to ignore the spirit, and and that's. But we have we have a group, a very vocal group of people who are saying that. Well, uh, if you if you deny or if you question this process of synodality, you're you're questioning the very promise of Christ that He won't abandon the church. Well, Christ won't abandon the church, but that doesn't mean its members won't abandon the church, and that's a very different thing. And when we start talking about uh, the you know the Holy Spirit speaking through the synod. Uh, because we believe that certain people believe that the Senate is going to reach a certain decision, then that should raise our antenna anyway. Um, and, and that's what I was concerned about from the very beginning of this, Annie, is that it was a it was that a, the pro, the Senate is 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 nothing but a veneer uh, over a conclusion that's already been reached, and all the Senate on synodality is going to do is to scrape away the veneer to reveal the conclusion. That's that's what concerns me, and that it's not. It's not. It won't be authentic listening, but rather just um, uh, justifying uh, uh, a a conclusion that's already been reached. That's the pessimistic me. And again, as I said, I I'm of two minds of it, and I, and I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be, uh, you know, a, a naysayer, and I don't want to lead the charge of the naysayers, and I don't want to reject the process before it even concludes. But I have to say that as we've watched the process unfold, it's not it's not uh, something that gives me a great deal of optimism. You know, one of the one of the things that I point out and something that I've written about this, Annie, is that it's supposed to have been this. These listening sessions are supposed to have been for the uh, purpose of discerning the voice of the faithful, you know, the census fidele uh, of the entire church. Mm-hmm. Well, in the United States, it, uh, approximately one percent of professed Catholics uh, went to any of the listening session. And Annie, that 1% in the United States, that was high yeah. worldwide. Uh, so, so in some sense, you know, nobody's paying any attention. And, and Pope Francis acknowledged that a couple of weeks ago, that, that many people are not even aware that this is even going on. Um, and, and so there's a sense in which, you know, how can we say that this is the, the sense of the faithful when the faithful aren't even paying any, any attention and when, when the high, uh, the, the, one of the highest rates of participation in Senate listening sessions is the United States, and it's, and, and it's about 1%. So, um, 
So we'll see what happens and keep an open mind. But I, I, you know, I guess in some one, some days I'm optimistic, some days I'm pessimistic, and some days I venture back, veer back and forth on the same day. Yep, I totally get it. I think that's uh, the census fide speaking through you, Ken, for sure, at <laughs> least based be <laughs> anecdotally anyway with people that I talk to. So you can go read Ken's thoughts about this. He's got a couple of different columns, one in the UK Catholic Herald, another one in the Catholic Telegraph. You can find it all linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Ken, it was good to talk to you. Thank you. Same here, Amy. Take care. All right. It is 13 till Father Hezekiah Carnazzo joins us next. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at fathomevents.com. That's fathomevents.com. Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people now and in the future. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonricemorningshow.com. This month's devotion is to Our Lady of Sorrows. We ask Mary to pray for us so that we can unite ourselves to her in her sorrow in the hope that we will one day also share her joy in the triumph of her son. Join in this devotion to Mary and strengthen our connection to Our Lady with rosaries, statues, bracelets, holy cards, prayer booklets, and more. Available at EWTNRC.com. Joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture, here to preview the readings for Mass this weekend. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Annie. It's a blessing to be with you and your listeners today. It is a blessing to have you back. And our first reading for Mass on Sunday is from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 18. And it begins this way, thus says the Lord, you say, the Lord's way is not I mean, talk about a way to enter into the liturgy of the Word this weekend. Quite the reading from Ezekiel. What What is it all about? Well, Ezekiel is one of the prophets that is writing during the Babylonian exile, in which the people have been taken off to Babylon, and they're saying exactly what Ezekiel says, the Lord's way is not fair. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm reminded of, of, of the kids, right, when they you know, Daddy, why did you do, you know, and I say, well, you didn't make your bed the way you promised you would, so now there's consequences, right? So Mm -hmm. Israel's in Babylon. Why? Well, because they they were not true to the Lord. 
right? The, the, the text continues, Here now, house of Israel, is it my way that is unfair, or rather are your ways unfair? When someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity and dies, it is because of the iniquity is committed that he must die. But if he turns from wickedness he has committed and does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life. So the Lord's saying, look, what you have done has led you to where you are. It's not because I've been unfair to you, but because you've been untrue to me, right? Instead of offering the tithes that you promised to offer, instead of being charitable as you promised to be charitable, you enslaved your brother and you turned to idols, uh, and, and therefore the consequences are in front of you. But, and this is the, the important part of this of this Sunday, but the Lord is merciful. And if you'll just repent, if you'll just call out to him, he will be near you. As we've been saying over the last few weeks, the readings have been saying, the Lord is ready to act in your life. If you'll just open your life to it, he's just not going to force it to happen. You're not going to be preserved in your homes and in the promised land and the temple while you're turning away from the Lord who's giving you these very good things. Yeah. And so we say in the in the response to our Psalm, Psalm twenty five this Sunday, remember your mercies, O Lord. Right? Mercy is the love as as Pope Francis likes to say, mercy is love in action, right? Remember your love for me, Lord. Pour out your life once again that I might live. Well, it's interesting, this reading from Ezekiel put in uh, conjunction with our gospel reading in Matthew chapter 21, when Jesus starts going after the, the chief priests and the elders, just as the Lord did to the people through the prophet Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah here we are, Matthew chapter 21, verse 28 and following. And, and what we need to know is that Jesus has now made his way from Galilee to Jerusalem, Palm Sunday has taken place, and he's now standing in the temple. And he knows these guys. He's turned over the tables. He's caused real turmoil in Jerusalem. And now the chief priests, the elders, are upset. They're mad, and they're going, to, they're going after him. And Jesus now, far from turning to his disciples and teaching them in parables and things like that, he takes off the gloves and goes after these guys. And what he says here in this gospel is right right in their face, right? He says, what is your opinion? A man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, go out into the vineyard. And the first son said, I will not. But later on, he went out. And his second son says, I will. But then he doesn't go out, right? So who is he talking to? Well, he's talking to the Jews. And, uh, and he's saying, look, look, I, the, the Gentiles, the world was my, was my creation, right? And yet they revolted against me. And then I came to you, Israel, and I, and I nurtured you, and I cultivated you, and you said you would be faithful to me, but you said you'd be faithful to me, and you weren't. Right? It was lip service, right? So who's going to be favored? Who's, who's, who's the right one? Well, as he says, prostitutes and tax collectors are entering the kingdom of God before you. You Jews who say you're faithful are just doing lip service to the Lord. And these people that are following me, right, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the poor, the indigent, the, the, uh, the, the, the lepers, the lame, the blind, they're all getting into the kingdom before you, right? And it's a big, for us as Catholics, I think this is very applicable, right? Because we're, we, we are, in a sense, the chosen people. God founded the church. And yet, are we just paying lip service to the Lord? Is our heart really in there? Because the Lord is, 
ready to act. He's ready to be merciful in our lives. If we'll just be honest and open and true with him. Yeah. I was going to ask because this is yet another reading in this theme that I feel like we've been getting from the church over, what, three or four weeks now, Father, about what is the true nature of the mercy of God and and the fact that we might have a hard time swallowing it in in our pride here as as Christians. Yeah, Andy, I think I think humility is the key here, right? God God is merciful, but for Him to act, right? For for Him to to be love in action in my life, I need to humble myself and realize that first of all, just because. Yes, I was baptized. Yes, I'm a member of the church. It's not enough. There has to be an internal repentance for our sins, an internal recognition of how far we've fallen from the grace of God, and a willingness in our, in our situation to go to holy confession, to approach the Lord in humility rather than in pride, and, and, act, and act and ask from the bottom of our heart for the Lord to be present in my life and to act. And then the sinner will find life. Then the sinner will find happiness. Then we'll find true joy in our life. But not just because because of who I am. And that's the temptation of our modern world, right? Everything is ours by right. My brothers and sisters, nothing is ours by right. Everything is ours by gift. And the only response to the gift is to say thank you and to open our life up to the Lord's mercy. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. And Father, if listeners want to check out what's going on at the Institute of Catholic Culture, how do they get in touch? We launch our new curriculum here this coming week with Father Spitzer on the Eucharistic miracles of the 21st century. Come check us out at instituteofcatholicculture.org. Everything is free of charge. instituteofcatholicculture.org. Father Spitzer live at the ICC this coming Tuesday. Very exciting. Thank you so much, Father. That'll do it for this hour of the Sunrise Morning Show. We got another hour coming up for most of our affiliates here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Dr. Michael Carter will discuss the real character of Christopher Columbus. Biff Roca will share his new book, A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. I will talk about the holy archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. With frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to praise the King. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing your care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymaid.com. Molly made a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from JC Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Justin at JC Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Hi, I'm Guy Cagney with the Cagney Family and Coble Banker Real Estate, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. 
Our Catholic faith is the center of our family life and how we do our real estate business. Hope that you and your family will remain safe and healthy this year. 513-347-1888. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Being prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre-planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513-489-0300. 513-489-0300. I'm Father Ronald Half from Our Lady of Divine Providence Family of Parishes. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Friday, September the 29th. It's the Feast of the Archangels, Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael. Let's pray together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. O God, who dispose in marvelous order ministries both angelic and human, graciously grant that our life on earth may be defended by those who watch over us as they minister perpetually to you in heaven. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Archangels of God, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being with us as we continue through a Friday morning. Some of you have been with us for a little bit already, and we are glad to have you along. Some of you have been joining us in the past couple days on our new, uh, newly launched video live stream. You can check that out at sunrisemorningshow.com. Click the show notes, and you can join the chat box over there as well. Up this hour, there is much to get to. We hope that you'll stay with us for a fair amount of it. We'll talk more about the Archangels, especially Gabriel and Raphael, this morning. I've got a, I've got a gauntlet to throw down for the folks at Covenant Radio and our buddy Adam Wright, who does Roadmap to Heaven, the last baseball series of the season between his Cardinals and our Reds starts tonight, and we got to put, we got to put something on this. We got a gentleman's wager, although Anna Mitchell will be involved as well. So it won't be completely gentleman's wager. But we're going to make a bet with Covenant Radio this morning. Bobby Schindler will join us from the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network. Also, Father Jonathan Duncan to preview the Sunday Mass readings. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it's two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. 
It's a service. Paul's not going to push the button until I say it. It's a service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Good morning. Pope Francis is preparing to preside over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 men who will be elevated tomorrow come from all over the world. Among them, American-born Cardinal-elect Robert Prevost, who heads up the Dicastery for Bishops currently, as well as the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Cardinal-elect Christophe Pierre. This all coming ahead of the opening of the Senate Assembly next week on October 4th. In Washington, Congress is coming close to running out the clock on avoiding a government shutdown at the end of the week. Federal funding is set to expire tomorrow night if lawmakers fail to strike a deal. A group of conservatives in the House is pushing for deep spending cuts that probably couldn't make it through the Democratic-controlled Senate. Meanwhile, Senate leaders are pushing a plan to fund the government through mid-November, which includes aid for Ukraine and disaster relief funding, both of which are opposed by that group of conservatives. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is issuing subpoenas for Hunter Biden's bank records as part of the GOP's impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Mark Mayfield reports. House Republicans claim that the president improperly profited off his son's foreign business dealings. On Thursday, Comer released a statement saying bank records and witness testimony reveal that Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain. He also subpoenaed the bank records of President Biden's brother, and Hunter Biden's associate, Eric Schwerin. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Northeast is bracing for more flooding. The National Weather Service says a high-impact flood event could impact millions of people in the New York tri-state area today. Forecasters say nearly an inch of rain per hour is possible, as well as flash flooding. New York City officials have issued a travel advisory through early Saturday morning. Heavy rain is also likely in Connecticut and New Jersey. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain will be taking to Facebook Live in a couple of hours at 10 a.m. Eastern Time to announce the next steps in the strike against the big three Detroit automakers. Last Friday, the strike expanded from three plants to an additional 38 GM and Stellantis parts and distributions locations. The strike was not expanded at Ford because of progress made in their contract talks. The Holy See's Secretary for Relations with States is urging U.N. member states to develop a spirit of service. Vatican News reports Archbishop Paul Richard Gallagher was speaking during the U.N.'s high-level week. He said, quote, as part of this shared commitment, rulers must put aside their own needs, expectations and desires for sovereignty or omnipotence before the concrete gaze of the most fragile. The IRS is imposing new rules for ticket resellers. Brian Shook has more. An updated form says anyone who made more than $600 by reselling tickets on StubHub or Ticketmaster will have to report that money as taxable income. It's a big change from the previous threshold, which was anyone who made over $20,000 in revenue. During Taylor Swift's recent heiress tour, stories about resellers made headlines as tickets that were normally $200 were being resold for thousands. I'm Brian Shook. And the Holy See has released the theme for the next World Day of Social Communications taking place next year, Artificial Intelligence and Wisdom of the Heart for a Fully Human Communication. 
The note that comes along with this theme says the evolution of artificial intelligence systems makes it ever more natural to communicate through and with machines so that it has become increasingly difficult to distinguish computation from thought and the language produced by a machine from that generated by human beings. Like all revolutions, this one, based on artificial intelligence too, poses new challenges to ensure that machines do not contribute to a large-scale system of disinformation and do not also increase the loneliness of those who are already alone, depriving us of the warmth that only communication between people can provide. I mean, it sounds pretty common sense, but, but you know, the church has been but. saying this kind of thing about all technology for a very long time. As a matter of fact, on This Week in Catholic History, next week, uh, Kevin Schmeising is going to be talking about the first ever address of a pope to the United Nations as Paul VI. Oh, yeah. And he does some quotes from that talk to the United Nations from a pope from a very long time ago. Well, it feels like well, a long time ago. Yeah. From last century. Yeah. Before any of this internet stuff, and it's it, it just sounds like it could have been said yesterday. The church has been saying the same kinds of things about social oh communications for a very long time. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, I'm in uh, at the Institute of Catholic Culture. We're in the midst of a Catholic political thought course with uh, with Dr. Chad Pecknold, and the documents that we have been reading because we we started. This is the modern era, I guess you could say. Modernity and the common good is what it's called. And it starts with um, the response of the church to Martin Luther, and then we're moving forward. So we just finished reading um, Marare Vos by Pope Pius IX. Or no, that was Gregory XVI. What was the one we just read by Pius IX? In any event, we just read Pius IX, and it could have been written today. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how much the church has thought about these things, and they seem so current. Well, but what's interesting about all this, and it has to do, uh, well, anytime the church says anything about stuff that the whole world is thinking about, the church always brings a dimension that the world's not usually thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world is often yeah. thinking about how do we market this? How do we get it into as many hands as possible? How do we decrease as much work as possible? How do we, you know maximize efficiency or decrease costs and that sort of thing. Even on a question like the environment, right? We're looking at this next encyclical by the Pope, which is a follow-up to Laudato Si. Right. I, got a, I got a bit of a spoiler alert for you. What the Pope is probably going to say in the midst of everything else is that whatever else you do about the environment, don't ever forget that human, human beings and human dignity has got to be the point of reference for it. So yeah. if you go around talking about exterminating people, you know, to preserve resources, whatever, well, that's a non-starter. For the church. Yeah. Non-starter. This is church. one of the things that really, this is going to get us on a whole tangent, Matt, but this is one of the things that most frustrates me about those outside of the church looking in, but also uh, the extremes on the edges of, um, you know, changing the church into a political institution um, and how to read Pope Francis um, is that I have found increasingly, and, and this is something that's going on with the Synod as well, that um, that the extremes, both the, the, let's, we'll use the political terms here, both the left and the right, in within the church are using the secular media as their 
information source because the secular media is saying the things that they want to believe about what Pope Francis is saying. And I mean this for both the left and the right, because the uh, the left, of course, is cheering on what the secular media is saying about Pope Francis. The right wants to believe that that is exactly what Pope Francis is saying because they don't like Pope Francis and they want to believe that he is trying to change church teaching. He's trying to move the church in a direction that when you actually look at what he's saying, this is why I, I those who were listening last hour to me with Ken Craycraft would um, heard me bring this up. Like, you know, as, as soon as I start hand wringing about the synod, I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, I believe Jesus when he said that he wasn't going to leave us. So now is not the time that the Holy Spirit is going to throw up his, you know, invisible hands and say, well, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm going I'm somewhere you have no else. I idea what you've started here, but I, 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 I'm <laughs> very careful about what I have to say about this because, but... well, I mean, we can, we can, there, there'll be time for that. Yes. Um, I've been very careful about saying anything about this. And I will continue to be careful. And even the statements I'm about to make are going to be very careful because, mm-hmm. uh, let's face it, uh, my job is not to go to the synod and make my recommendations. My job is to go to confession and go to mass and be in a state of grace and raise a family and mm-hmm. be a better husband than I'm being. Yeah. <laughs> That's my actual job, dude. Amen. Uh, which is the only thing that has really, you know, carried the church forward and the mission of the Holy Spirit in the midst of you know people who are doing all kinds of wacky things. What I will say this is that a lot of times people come up with their conclusions and then they go over and uh, do interviews and try and figure out what quotes from this story will fit the conclusions I drew before I mm-hmm. before I read this story. So you got some of that. You got some of that. Uh, what you also have is you know, conversations going on and there's this great temptation to always go for the craziest interpretation. Mm -hmm. And and I think that there are some people who want horrible things to happen because then they can stand back and say, see, I told you this horrible thing would happen. And it gives them credibility. You don't want to be there, right? You want to be on the side of truth and beauty and goodness, no matter what. But there's another thing that happens here, too, when it comes to these controversial issues. And this is the real reason that we are very careful here on the Sunrise Morning Show. I know that some media outlets, you know, are all sent it all the time. Just like some news outlets are all politics all the time. And all you do is just watch for hours. You can't look away and you just walk away all just, you know, frothed up and mad. (laughs) I think that there's real damage that gets up and mad. (laughs) Frothed up like a like like a a bad latte. On National Coffee Day. Um, But I think that there is damage done to the conversation when someone sees something, has a reasonable objection to it, begins to raise the reasonable objection, and then some loud, crazy person comes up, says, hey, let me have that mic, and I'm going to do what he was saying, except I'm going to scream it in a mutated form. Like I Mm -hmm. think that's probably a damaging thing. I think it's a damaging thing when right. we're trying to have reasonable conversations about reasonable concerns, but loud, uh, chaotic actors mm-hmm. dominate the conversation. And it happens all over. I mean, this is this is how social media has kind of kind of made its way. People have realized that this is a way to generate revenue too. have the angriest, most fear mongering take. But yeah. I will say this, Anna Mitchell, always be careful around someone who's constantly trying to make you mad or afraid and also has something to sell you. Yeah. 
just always be careful around those people. I mean, I'm always careful around people that just want to make me mad or afraid. But I mean, you should be mad about some things. Yeah. And there's some things you should have a cautious fear that causes you to not do stupid things that put you mm-hmm. in harm. Yeah. But fear and anger are not the basis for the Christian life. And don't be the kind of person who has uh, gets more enjoyment out of envisioning your enemies in hell than envisioning mm. yourself in heaven. That's all I'm going to say about that. Truth bomb from Matt Swaim. Is that what you were? Was that what we were supposed to talk about in this segment? No, it was absolutely not what we were supposed. We were supposed to talk about Gabriel and Raphael because we've done so many interviews on Saint Michael. We got Saint Michael coming up. We're going to be talking about the Saint Michael prayer with uh, Father Patrick Briscoe in in just a few minutes. But um, he's a good one to pray through. You know, Saint Raphael for those who. who need help healing happy seeing. meetings yeah happy meetings saint raphael i was trying to look up um if people were watching the live stream they saw me like looking down i was trying to find the uh image of a prayer that i got from duncan stroke in a christmas card once and it was something along the lines of saint raphael patron of happy meetings help me to meet who i'm supposed to meet today it was something along those lines i didn't say it quite well enough but that's the sentiment i feel like the idea comes across yeah yeah well you know i was just gonna while we're at it then i'll uh i'll offer a prayer then for the intercession of saint raphael to any of you to all the single ladies all the single, all the single ladies, ladies and men i i will say this i know a lot more quality single women on the market who've made excellent spouses than i do men so this is a call out to all you men Step it up, up guys. Snap into... Come on, man. Come on, dudes. Make a commitment. You guys gotta... You guys gotta make it easier for me to recommend you. Please. Please. I know some excellent single ladies. Everybody does. We just gotta find more excellent single men. Mm All right. I've got a challenge out to the Covenant Network, and I'm gonna lay it out. Actually, it was challenged to us, but we're gonna lay it out after the break plus headlines. It is 16 minutes past the hour. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at fathomevents.com. That's fathomevents.com. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. Mystic Monk Coffee has brought back their pumpkin spice blend, and unlike the competition, buying their coffee has the added bonus of supporting the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming and the Sunrise Morning Show. Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click the Mystic Monk link to get that or any of their other coffee blends or teas. When you check out, we earn a commission. And there's no better vessel for your Mystic Monk pumpkin spice latte than a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug. 
Find those in our online store. Do pumpkin spice the Catholic way. Just head on over to sonrisemorningshow.com. Saints Alive is a radio theater podcast for kids that tells the story of the saints filled with adventure, heroism, virtue, and humor. You can hear Saints Alive as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTNRadio.net slash podcasts today. 18 past. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis is preparing to preside over a consistory to create new cardinals tomorrow. In Washington, Congress is coming close to running out the clock on avoiding a government shutdown by midnight tomorrow. And the Holy See Secretary for Relations with States is urging U.N. member states to develop a spirit of service. All right, while the Pope's creating Cardinals tomorrow, the Reds will be playing the Cardinals tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. And Adam Wright, who hosts Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network throughout the Midwest United States, an EWTN affiliate with lots of great lots of great stations, uh, has thrown it down for us because we, uh, we give the Cardinals a hard time on this radio station as Reds fans. So here's what Adam has proposed. You ready for the Santa Mitchell? Okay, I'm ready. All right, he says that if the Cardinals take this last series of the year from the Reds, the Sunrise Morning Show will send Adam at Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Radio to Kansas Skyline Chili, Oyster Crackers, and I have I have to say on air, while the Reds had a better season than the Cardinals, when it comes to Reds versus Cardinals, Adam Wright's beloved Cardinals are the better team. Well, now, I'm not saying that it. now. Oh, you're just, okay. Because I don't believe that. I might mm-hmm. say it and not believe it even if it happens. Okay. But, if the Reds take the series Roadmap to Heaven and Adam Wright will send the Sunrise Morning Show uh, Old Vienna Red Hot Ripplets, which is Southern-style barbecue for those who cannot tolerate the heat. Or there's a – I'm going to go with the hot part. And a gooey butter cake. He was going to send us some ice cream, but the shipping, I think, was too insane. And yeah. I don't blame him. I understand. Which is why we're not sending him greater ice cream either. Yeah. But we got three games, Anna Mitchell. Go. I wanted the Reds yes. to beat the Cardinals anyway. But now it's for real. It's for real. Because I want Adam Wright over at Covenant Network to send me. Because you know what? Skyline chili cans are real expensive nowadays. Are they? Yeah. Like $6 I hope, I hope a to can. not find out. 21 past. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Ken Herbert Plumbing is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. With over 20 years experience in residential and commercial plumbing service repairs and rated A-plus from the BBB, Ken Herbert Plumbing, 513-383-2974. 513-383-2974. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Hi, I'm Mara Kegney-Tipton with the Kegney Family and Cowell Banker Real Estate, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. My father, Guy, brother, Patrick, and I are here to help your family find the perfect home. If you have any real estate questions, 513-720-1411. Good food can still be fast food. 
Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Father Patrick Briscoe from Our Sunday Visitor. You can find them online at OurSundayVisitor.com and a few other places. They've got OSB News and some other cool things. Father, good morning. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you wrote recently about the St. Michael prayer, and it's a prayer beloved to many people, and uh, I figured that uh, this would be a great opportunity for me to ask you, uh, do you say thrust into hell or cast into hell uh, when it comes to uh, that prayer? Yeah, this is one of the great debates, right? I'm a I'm a cast into hell man. I'm a cast into hell guy too. The uh, you know it's so funny some of these um, these translations that uh, that uh, didn't catch on in an official way, right? Where there are those little variations. It is a, it is a funny thing that you notice when you recite the prayer alongside someone. It is indeed. You know, you can kind of watch people's lips moving, but the sentiment remains the same no matter which word you use there. Uh, the St. Michael Prayer, uh, of course, it was written by St. Leo, Pope, uh, I'm not not St. Leo, not yet, Yeah, Pope Leo Thirteenth. <laughs> but if, if you could maybe give us a sense of, of why he wrote it, when he wrote it, and what he recommended it for. Yeah, I think what's very interesting is that, um, is that this prayer was ordered by Pope Leo XIII to be prayed alongside three Hail Marys and the Hail Holy Queen after Mass. And so the part of the idea was that uh, the, the recitation of this prayer by the Church throughout the world uh, would be a powerful means of combating anti-clericalism, um, which, was a, which was a powerful force in Italy at the time. And so Pope Leo XIII was worried about the temporal freedom of the sovereignty of of the holy see so he asked catholics to marshal a, a spiritual army against that threat so so the prayer was really was really begun as a threat of secularism a threat of worldliness um, again a threat of anti-clericalism threatening the independence of of the holy saint yeah, it's pretty fascinating, you know, that it has to do with sort of this temporal question because so many of us, uh, when we lean on that St. Michael prayers for something that feels like an entirely spiritual struggle <laughs> that we're going through at the time. Right, and you see, that's what's so interesting is that you see how Pope Leo understood them to be connected. And I think that the, the anti-clericalism thing is important, too, and because today we, we see so much of a struggle against the priesthood Right, the, the moral of the, the the moral authority of the priesthood, um, completely undermined by the clerical sexual abuse scandal, uh, the ability for priests to teach um, Catholic doctrine today, uh, again threatened the idea of, of what a priest does as the one who leads worship, the priest leads the people in offering the son sacrifice to the father. 
So, so we have a number of challenges to the priesthood today. And I think understanding that uh, the Pope Leo XIII ordered the praying of the prayer in part for the protection of the priesthood, I think that's an extremely meaningful thing. And I, th- I think that's something that, that, that we should continue to reflect on. Well, it's certainly something that uh, I reflect on often because I happen to, I mean, I don't know if you know this, in my line of work, I, I actually know a lot of priests. And uh, <laughs> I know a lot of them through more than just like their public facing aspects of their ministry. I happen to know a bunch of them as friends. And guess what? Turns out they're like regular old people in a lot of ways, <laughs> right? In terms of the struggles and issues they face. But in some ways, they're not like regular old people because the devil hates them. I mean, he hates them. And if he hates them, think about how much he hates their bosses, the bishops. And if he hates the bishops, think about how much he hates their boss, the Pope. I mean, if we're not praying this prayer, man, we're missing an opportunity to invoke the mighty power of God against our worst enemy. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And you know who saw that, Matt, was Pope St. John Paul II. He, he saw that, and he said, um, you know, even though this prayer is no longer recited at the end of Mass, I ask everyone not to forget it. I ask everyone not to forget it. And to obtain help, to recite it, that is, to obtain help in the battle against the forces of darkness and against the spirit of this world. And I think that's so incredible because the prayer, the prayer helps, helps us, um, helps orient us against the battle that we're, tr- that we're truly facing against, against the spiritual battle. You know, it was an early favorite prayer in our family, too. And there's something that's sort of rousing about it, right? There's something that sort of, like, gets up your a little bit and, and gives you kind of like a boost of of, of confidence and courage. Uh, you know, my son, who's like 11 now, this is one of the earliest prayers that he got excited about after Mass. Uh, because if you're, a, if you're a kid, right, if you're like a six-year-old boy and you get to pray for saint michael to kick satan's butt you know i mean it's like i mean who what who doesn't have those struggles and want to see satan put where he belongs that's right get the angel out there carrying the sword let's go baby yeah indeed well you know you're a you're a priest when we talk about this idea of praying this for our priests specifically i mean would you want to throw out maybe a couple of needs that people might not realize are in the life of priests that we can have in mind when we pray this prayer to St. Michael? Absolutely. I mean, I think one is for, one is for the priest um, to be confident in his ministry, um, to be confident in his ministry. And I mean, I mean that he would have the courage to say difficult things to his people, um, because uh, I think a lot of times people misunderstand what it's like for a priest to have to articulated difficult teaching in the church is extremely painful um even even when the priest knows that the truth will be a consolation it's difficult it's a difficult truth um i think too uh, for priestly fraternity so many priests feel feel alone and even even though they have other friends who are priests and some some priests like like me are lucky enough to religion live in religious communities and sort of have a kind of strength of fraternity a priestly loneliness is a, is a huge challenge so, so I would say those two things, that, that a priest might be able to preach with clarity to his people, even difficult teaching, and that a priest would, wouldn't feel alone, that he would know that heaven's ministers are alongside him, supporting him in his work. Well, thanks so much. Anna, Anna got in my way there. We'll turn it over to Anna in a moment. You can find Father Patrick Briscoe linked at our Sunday visitor at sunrisemorningshow.com. Half past. Here's Anna with news. 
Good morning. Pope Francis is preparing to preside over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 men who will be elevated tomorrow come from all over the world, among them American-born Cardinal-elect Robert Prevost, who is the prefect of the Dicastery for Bishops, as well as the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States currently, Cardinal-elect Christoph Pierre. This coming ahead of the opening of the Senate Assembly, which begins next week on October 4th. In Washington, Congress is coming close to running out the clock on avoiding a government shutdown at the end of the week. Federal funding is set to expire Saturday night if lawmakers fail to strike a deal. A group of conservatives in the House are pushing for deep spending cuts that probably couldn't make it through the Democratic-controlled Senate, according to Washington Watchers. Meanwhile, Senate leaders are pushing a plan to fund the government through mid-November that includes aid for Ukraine and disaster relief funding, which that group of conservative Republicans opposes. Former President Trump will not try to move his Georgia election interference case to federal court. Brian Shook reports. His lawyer said Thursday that the decision is based on Trump's well-founded confidence that the court intends to fully, completely protect his constitutional right to a fair trial and guarantee him due process of law. Many expected the former president to try to move the case in order to invoke immunity protections for federal officials. Trump has pleaded not guilty to all charges in a racketeering indictment for alleged efforts to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results. I'm Brian Shook. The Northeast is bracing for more flooding. The National Weather Service says a high-impact flood event could affect millions of people in the New York Tri-State area today. Forecasters say nearly an inch of rain per hour is possible, as well as flash flooding. New York City officials have issued a travel advisory through early Saturday morning. Heavy rain is also likely in Connecticut and New Jersey. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain will be taking to Facebook Live later this morning to announce the next steps in the strike against the big three Detroit automakers. Last Friday, the strike expanded from three plants to an additional 38 GM and Stellantis parts and distribution locations. The strike was not expanded at Ford plants because of progress made in contract talks with Ford. Meanwhile, the writer's strike is over, but Hollywood actors are still picketing, demanding better pay and protections. Mark Mayfield has the story. On Wednesday, SAG-AFTRA announced that they'll begin negotiations again next week. The talks will be attended by several executives from the Actors' Union and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. SAG-AFTRA members are asking for a bigger cut of the revenue from streaming shows and more protections against the use of artificial intelligence. I'm Mark Mayfield. America's top military leader is headed for retirement today. Yesterday, rather, was the last working day at the Pentagon for chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. An official farewell ceremony will be held this morning at Joint Base Myers-Henderson Hall in Virginia. President Biden is expected to attend and give remarks. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and Yelp are suing each other over the verbiage used to describe pro-life crisis pregnancy centers online after the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs case to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yelp began notifying users that crisis pregnancy centers, quote, typically provide limited medical services and may not have licensed medical professionals on site, end quote. Paxton said the site violated Texas law by posting 
incorrect information. Yelp preemptively sued Paxton on Wednesday in order to maintain the notices about crisis pregnancy centers not providing abortion services. Yesterday, Paxton filed his own lawsuit alleging the company misled consumers. Pope Francis this week met with university students from Asia as part of the Building Bridges Initiative. Vatican News reports their conversation focused on social networks and media literacy, bullying, teenage suicide, and religious freedom and testimony. He said to them, you need the harmony that is found in the beauty of the differences that you know how to create so well in Asia. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. When you click subscribe at sacredheartradio.com, you get our show notes in your inbox with links to everything featured on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith. To know when your favorite guests are on, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ars Cafe and Meeting House, opening October 2nd. Offering delicious varieties of coffee and fresh-baked goods, pastries, sandwiches, and soups. Ars Cafe and Meeting House, 6988 North Dearborn Road in Guilford, Indiana. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockleman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockleman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockleman. Find us at skpha.com. skpha.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of the Archangels, Friday, September the 29th. And your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockleman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Rather foggy outside, depending on where you are, so some low visibility this morning. Right now, temperatures in the upper 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll turn partly cloudy today with a high of 79 degrees. Fog developing again tonight with an overnight low of 58. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 80 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, foggy this morning, then partly cloudy this afternoon, high of 78 degrees. Mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 57. Some morning fog tomorrow, then mostly sunny with a high of 80 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Sunrise Morning Show continues on this Friday, the 29th of September. Archangels of God, pray for us. It is their feast day, the Feast of the Archangels. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Bobby Schindler from the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network, online at lifeandhope.com. Bobby, good morning. Good morning, Matt. I think between you and me and our listeners, we know plenty of cases that were uh, very difficult or we knew someone was nearing the end of life, uh, where they were brought into palliative care, uh, hospice care and their family, uh, you know, try to share those last moments with them. And those are hard things to know about, you know, what to do and what to say. And we sort of lean on the church for guidelines and, and what to do uh, and how to do it best. But there's some situations where people get pressured, uh, where people um, make decisions that are not necessarily ethical. And uh, you've been, you know, paying attention to this for a while. What are some things to maybe watch for 
in the life of our family members if we get into those kinds of situations. Right, exactly right, Matt. And let me just first say before we start here, the nature of the work that we do, we're only getting the hard cases. We're only getting the cases where families are in crisis. So we're dealing with situations and facilities that are battling, right, to, to, to preserve life. I mean, the families are trying to preserve life, and they're battling hospitals that have other motives or, or are trying to do just the opposite. So we don't we seldom hear of the wonderful facilities that are out there, and these include the hospice facilities that do exist. But as I said, unfortunately, we, we get the cases where families are fighting to keep their loved ones alive. And one of the things that we've been noticing these past 20 years, Matt, when it comes to end-of-life care is uh, the, the calls that we're getting from loved ones that are being cared for in hospices, and they feel as though their loved ones' lives are being hastened. And... Uh, we can sometimes we we refer to that, or we hear it more and more often as terminal sedation or palliative sedation. And essentially, what that is is there's a, a, an extra amount of drugs given to expedite the person's life. And many times, family members will get calls, and they'll say they went to visit their loved one uh, two days ago, expecting them and, and being told they're they're probably going to live, you know, in another couple few weeks, only to come in two days later and their loved one has passed away and they're shocked, surprised, and they feel as though something happened to impose death on these individuals. So uh, Brad Mattis, who uh, he actually used to serve on our board, he, he wrote an article this week on this issue and, and some of the problems that are, that are, are frequently occurring in these hospice facilities when it comes to these uh, terminal sedation types of situations. And I got to tell you, the article is disturbing, but it, it really falls in line with many of the calls that we're getting from families that feel the same way, where their loved one is given extra medicine to impose death uh, before nature takes its course, so to speak. Well, this would be a very difficult thing to prove. And let's be honest, mm-hmm. you know, when we are at the side of a loved one, you know, there's a lot of emotions wrapped up in it and a lot of us are not medical professionals and so it's hard for us to know what is and isn't happening so i would imagine that that figuring out when something has been done wrong uh, and sorting that out from our own just sort of emotional distress at losing someone we love i mean what's our recourse to kind of figure out and make sure this is being done ethically when we're so clouded with i mean I, the people who call you obviously bobby are clouded with all kinds of emotions and trying to figure out uh, what their rights are and what the right thing is to do. Well, you're right, Matt. It's, it's extremely difficult. And you know, uh, is the patient is it a result of the palliative care where where the facility and the doctors are actually treating the suffering, and in doing so, it actually caused a person's death. And there was nothing uh, nefarious that took place or anything that that would be considered uh, you know improper. They were just treating the patient suffering and pain for whatever reason that the patient died as a result. So you're right. It, it, it's extremely difficult to know what actually caused the death. But, but, I, but I think you know, something in this article that I really was surprised me that, that Brad exposed, there was a, uh, a woman, her name is Michelle Young Dewars, and she's been following this issue for some time. She wrote a book called Killing for Profit, the Dark Side of Hospice, and in it, she wrote, in 2019, there was over 600 published reports, 
600, Matt, of criminal wrongdoing on part of hostage organizations on the Department of Justice website. So I think that's kind of hard to ignore when you have that type of volume of complaints and reports of criminal wrongdoing. So it seems to me um, there are cases where something like these types of criminal occur. Uh, proving them is another thing. We've gotten dozens over and dozens of calls over the years, Matt, of families that want to find attorneys for possible wrongful death claims, and we just can't get involved in those types of disputes because we don't have attorneys that do that. But just let me tell you, I've lost count of the number of families that call us feeling like something happened to their loved one that was improper that hastened their death while being cared for at these types of facilities. Well, and again, this is why it's so important to have the principles and the standards and the ethical norms. And, and you know, places like the National Catholic Bioethics Center and, you know, others have, have really sort of laid out like what is and is not okay in those situations. Because, again, you know, you're dealing with such a such a thing that's difficult to prove. Now, you've got other cases, and these are the ones that you and I tend to talk about where it's so obvious <laughs> that someone is being rushed along that – uh, and, and could have life-sustaining care for a good long while, and it's just being forced by insurance companies or hospitals or, or the like. Uh, but these terminal sedation ones become very gray uh, in terms of what you can and can't uh, prove, in terms of knowing what your rights are and are not, uh, in terms of knowing all these kinds of things, and especially when you're learning all kinds of medical science on the fly because – you have to because it's your loved ones. So uh, if our listeners want to connect with you, Bobby, because maybe they're in some of these situations and maybe they just want to know, is this something that I need to be finding outside help for? Or, I mean, is that the kind of thing that you can help a person discern if they call you? Sure. And, and that's why we need to do these types of things now, Matt. We need to prepare beforehand our family, ourselves, the documents, you know, the doctors that we have, pro-life doctors. Uh, and facilities, too. We need to do our due diligence now, so if, if we ever we are struck with these types of situations, we're prepared to deal with them, because once it's happened, it's too late. So, yes, we can help families with these types of questions, lifeandhope.com, lifeandhope.com. Well, it's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, Bobby, and I really do appreciate you uh, spending time to get into some, some stuff that's really nuanced and, and really, you know, a lot of us have some scars associated with these kinds of things and, you know, maybe regrets and doubts and, and fears about what might happen if something uh, happens in our own situation that, that puts us uh, up front and center with these decisions. So, again, lifeandhope.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Bobby Schindler, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Matt. God bless you. All right, we're going to look ahead to the Sunday Mass readings with Father Jonathan Duncan from the Diocese of Charleston next. It's a quarter till. We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. 
It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. He is honored as a saint, monk, and the only English-born doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Bede entered a monastery in England as a child and spent almost his entire life there teaching and writing. He was perhaps the most learned person of his era, authoring biblical commentaries and the famed ecclesiastical history of the English people. He died in 735 and was named a doctor in 1899. To find out more about the doctors of the church, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. 13 till, here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis is preparing to preside over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 men will be elevated tomorrow. In Washington, Congress is coming close to running out the clock on avoiding a government shutdown. They have it until tomorrow night. And the Holy See today released the theme for the next World Day of Social Communications. Artificial intelligence and wisdom of the heart for a fully human communication. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And every Friday morning we try and talk to a couple of priests, get their take on the Sunday Mass readings because we want to go in to Sunday Mass being able to kind of sit with a, a passage from Scripture, let it sort of inform our whole weekend and not just the 10 minutes that we get the Liturgy of the Word on Sundays. Father Jonathan Nungan, a priest of the Diocese of Charleston, where he works in hospital and campus ministry down there. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. You know, we've been getting some complex and nuanced readings, especially when you put them all together over the past several weeks, about the nature of grace and repentance and persevering in faith and uh, who's in and who's out at the end of the day. And it only gets more complex this week, and especially with the first reading in the gospel. I mean, uh, if you could lay out what we're going to hear this weekend. Sure. So at the beginning, we're going to hear from Ezekiel, is the way of the Lord unfair? And ultimately, all of this, both, both our first reading and the gospel that we're going to hear is all about what does it mean to persevere in the end? What does it mean to truly be faithful? Um, and it's not enough to simply begin, but then not finish. So we'll hear from Ezekiel. Uh, but if one turns from the weakness he has committed and does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life since he turned away. But when someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity and dies, it's because of the iniquity that he must die. So all of this is about faithfulness. I think this is such a, um, such a critical element of, of the Christian life, and this is one thing that, that Catholics emphasize quite a bit, is that, yes, we are uh, justified 
by faith and brought in uh, through our faith into communion with Christ, but that Christ asks and expects and demands of us a living communion with him that includes preserving in his word, preserving in faithfulness, and this is, this is an emphasis that we get all throughout the Gospels, and particularly um, what we're going to hear on Sunday, our Sunday Gospel, where we hear about the two sons. One son says, I will go, um, uh, I, I will not work in the vineyard, but then he changes his mind and is faithful to his father and works in the vineyard. Another says, no, I will go work, and then refuses. And the question is, who is the one who's the faithful one? Who is the one who truly did his father's will? It is, it is, is it the one who first refused but then eventually converts? Or is it the one who says, no, 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 I will, but doesn't? And, of course, all of this is meant to point to those around Jesus, uh, that around him there were tax collectors and prostitutes and all kinds of people who were the wrong kinds of people who seemingly had lives corrupted, And yet, when they get confronted by the mercy and grace of God in the flesh, their hearts grasp hold of it, and and they turn from that past and and grab hold of him. And yet others who seemingly, publicly, um, were committed to righteousness and to the law of God, the Torah, they come face to face with that law and that righteousness in the flesh, and they hate him. They want to put him to death. At best, they want to ignore him. At worst, they want to have him crucified. And it reflects that, of course, the faithfulness they had was really only a faithfulness to their own pride, to their own sense of self, to their own sense of, uh, I have to do, you know, God will owe me uh, reward if I can be faithful. Um, I can use this to lord over people if I can be faithful, if I can, you know, it's one thing that I can lord over all my fellow men, and yet we see that it's truly the the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the sinners, the outsiders, the the wrong kind of people who are the ones hearing this gospel of mercy and grabbing hold of it. And it's, I, I know I've said this before, these kinds of gospels are a constant reminder to the, to us, to the religious types, you know, to the types that go to Mass every Sunday, to the types who try to live according to the Church's teaching, it's a constant reminder to not miss Christ for our own sense of goodness and faithfulness. Yeah, I was joking earlier, um, you know, that when I was talking to Anna Mitchell, we were discussing some of the chaos and division and, and the heated ways that people discuss certain issues and who who's in and who's out and who we're suspicious of and who we don't trust and who's, you know, just destroying the world out there and needs to be stopped. And, and sometimes we can have uh, too much delight at the uh, vision of our enemies in hell. And, you know, that can eclipse the delight of our thought of our own selves in heaven, right? We're more excited about thinking about bad people in hell than we are about thinking of ourselves in heaven. Uh, but with all this, you you also get this sense like we need to always have in our minds what is the goal of us as Christians being in a world that doesn't understand or is sometimes just downright overly hostile to us. 
Is our goal to defeat that world or to bring the people from that world to the banquet? And it's always got to be that second thing, right? If we believe what we have is the truth, if we believe that the image of God is on our neighbor, then our goal is not merely to, you know, just prove the neighbor wrong, right? That's a radical oversimplification. The goal is for us to be all eating at the same table of the Eucharist. Absolutely. And this gospel should be um it should humble us you know i think one thing when i when i read about it i can't help but think about how in the providence of god we've seen uh cultures and their faithfulness to the gospel kind of upended you know what i mean by that is you know historically it's been what europe right europe and the west sort of embraced the gospel with with some not always in a great way but embraced the gospel and then sent that gospel out to where? Africa, Asia, all kinds of places. And now what are we seeing? That European culture that first embraced the gospel, that built beautiful cathedrals, beautiful art, beautiful music, literature, it's, it's losing the gospel. It's needing to rediscover it again. And who are the ones who are going to be sharing that gospel with that privileged, comfortable Western first world, why it's those missionary priests from Africa, from Asia, uh, from these other places. In the, in the providence of God, those who first received it in many ways and first embraced it with gusto a thousand years ago, 1,500 years ago, are needing to be called to fresh repentance. Well, fresh it's a caricature. But, you know, whenever you've got a visiting priest in my world, my experience has generally been if it's a guy from the diocese who's passing through, uh, you're probably going to be told that you should be nicer to someone who cuts you off in traffic. If you get a visiting priest from Nigeria in the pulpit, buckle up because you're going to get told the truth. <laughs> That's like Buttercup. You're, you're getting uh, you're getting. You're going to be told concerns. what you need to actually be fixing about your life. So that's my that's just my my uh, anecdotal experience. I think that's a beautiful work of God's providence, though, that those who are, you know, first, you know, the kind of first privileged sons are always needing to be called to deeper conversion, as is everyone. And we're going to hear about that this Sunday. We are indeed. So uh, thankfully, we've got a little time to reflect on it before that happens. Father Jonathan Duncan, thank you. Have a great day. That wraps it up for the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you to all of you listening across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network on all our affiliate stations. Thank you to those of you who've been uh, first adopters and and helped us to uh, break in the new video stream as well. You can tune into that again next week. It's now a thing. Uh, You'll find the link every day in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Until Monday, I'm Matt Swaim. For everyone here, may God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Dr. Michael Carter will discuss the real character of Christopher Columbus. Biff Roca will share his new book, A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. I will talk about the holy archangels Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. There's frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Driving home to faith. Hi. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. 
You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at wimberglandscaping.com. That's wimberglandscaping.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul, Cincinnati, answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join others for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. I am Father Rufino Ezama, the Provincial Superior of the Comboni Missionaries. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this Feast of the Archangels, Friday the 29th of September, by praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We give you thanks and praise, Lord, through the power of Michael, leader of the heavenly armies in the war against evil. Protect your people, Lord. Through the intervention of Raphael, companion and healer, comfort your people, Lord. O God, in your great wisdom, you have given your angels and your people each their proper tasks. Grant us the protection of the angels who serve ever in your presence through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. And we pray the words of St. Gabriel, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. It is a better way to start a Friday, the Sunrise Morning Show. Many of you have been with us for some time at this point, but uh, some of you just joining us, and we've got lots to get to. Joseph Pierce will be along, as he is on Fridays with us. Uh, he just did a pilgrimage 
uh, walking parts of the Camino. And, you know, I, I can imagine that anytime Joseph goes on a long walk, he thinks about Frodo Baggins. So we're going to talk to him about uh, the connections between his pilgrimage and the adventure of the Bagginses. Uh, up this hour also, we're going to talk to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo, get a preview of the Sunday Mass readings. Catherine Fishlock will be in studio. We'll also talk to Chris McGregor about the angels in the Office of Readings. So stay with us if you can. Right now it's two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Pope Francis is preparing to preside over a consistory to create new cardinals. The 21 men will be elevated tomorrow. They come from all over the world, and among them is American-born Cardinal-elect Robert Prevost, who heads up the Dicastery for Bishops. And also among them is the current Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Cardinal-elect Christophe Pierre. This all coming ahead of the opening of the Assembly for the Synod on Synodality, which is October 4th. Congress is coming close to running out the clock on avoiding a government shutdown tomorrow. Federal funding is set to expire tomorrow night if lawmakers fail to strike a deal. A group of conservatives in the House is pushing for deep spending cuts that probably wouldn't make it through the Democratic-controlled Senate. Meanwhile, Senate leaders are pushing a plan to fund the government through mid-November including aid for Ukraine and disaster relief funding, which that group of conservatives opposes. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is issuing subpoenas for Hunter Biden's bank records as part of the GOP's impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Mark Mayfield has more. House Republicans claim that the president improperly profited off his son's foreign business dealings. On Thursday, Comer released a statement saying bank records and witness testimony reveal that Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain. He also subpoenaed the bank records of President Biden's brother and Hunter Biden's associate, Eric Schwerin. I'm Mark Mayfield. UAW President Sean Fain will make an announcement this morning on the next steps in the strike against the big three automakers. Last Friday, the strike expanded from three plants to an additional 38 GM and Stellantis parts and distribution locations. This morning's announcement is scheduled for 10 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live. The Holy See Secretary for Relations with States is urging U.N. member states to develop a spirit of service. Vatican News reports Archbishop Paul Richard Gallagher was speaking during the U.N.'s high-level week, and he said, quote, As part of this shared commitment, rulers must put aside their own needs, expectations, and desires for sovereignty or omnipotence before the concrete gaze of the most fragile, end quote. The IRS is imposing new rules for ticket resellers. More from Brian Shook. An updated form says anyone who made more than $600 by reselling tickets on StubHub or Ticketmaster will have to report that money as taxable income. It's a big change from the previous threshold, which was anyone who made over $20,000 in revenue. During Taylor Swift's recent heiress tour, stories about resellers made headlines as tickets that were normally $200 were being resold for thousands. I'm Brian Shook. And the Holy See has released the theme for the next World Day of Social Communications. The theme for the Holy Father's message will be artificial intelligence and wisdom of the heart for a fully human communication. 
The communique from the Holy See Press Office says the evolution of artificial intelligence systems makes it ever more natural to communicate through and with machines so that it has become increasingly difficult to distinguish computation from thought and the language produced by a machine from that generated by human beings. Like all revolutions, this one, based on an artificial intelligence too, poses new challenges to ensure that machines do not contribute to a large-scale system of disinformation and do not also increase the loneliness of those who are already alone depriving us of the warmth that only communication between people can provide. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Ackman. All right. Things got a little bit interesting yesterday in the baseball world. So good news is White Sox beat the Diamondbacks 3-1. to Also good news, the Atlanta Braves took care of business and beat the Chicago Cubs 5-3. to Here's where it gets a little bit weird. The series finale between the Marlins and Mets was suspended due to rain. This happened in the top of the ninth inning. Marlins what? scored twice. In the top of the ninth inning, it was a uh, barn burner of a game. Nothing, nothing for most of the way. Mets scored in the eighth to make it one to nothing. Marlins scored twice in the ninth. Jazz Chisenholm and Yoli Goriel each knocked in runs for Miami. And they have base runners on first and second at the time of the suspension. Fish now currently hold a half a game lead over the Cubs and a game and a half lead still on the Reds. Okay. So uh, it would have been nice had the Mets won yesterday. The Reds would just be a game back. Reds are still a game and a half back of a wild card spot with Hmm. just three games to go. Reds clinging to playoff hopes, still alive, will square off against the St. Louis Cardinals for the first of three. Mathematically eliminated. Absolutely not. Not yet. But... It can definitely happen, but we also still need to uh, root for other teams as well. So the Marlins today are okay. taking on our best buddies, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who uh, we need them to stay stay playing good baseball. Oh, um, wait. So are the Marlins going to finish the game? No, the they, they will finish the game on Monday afternoon. Are you kidding I me? kid you not. So they, they're – it's – it's up in the air. So that actually keeps the Padres mathematically alive, which they are pretty much that all but gone. That is nuts. So they have to play like a half an inning? They, yeah, I mean, not even. They're going to travel. Yeah, the Marlins are going to travel up to New York to play the remainder, uh, an inning and a third. Because they just need, the wow. Mets just need one out. And it was pouring yesterday in, wow. in New York. So really, uh, really cool sight to see. Wow. And it's... Uh, why not? Let's let's let this uh, wild card really get wild. So that's fun. Also uh, fun if you are a Detroit Lions fan. They won a dominating 34-17 game in Lambeau. Hmm. I don't think I've ever seen the Lions go up to Lambeau and just throttle the Packers. So wow. uh, pretty impressive stuff. David Montgomery went to Mount Healthy High School, uh-huh. ran for 121 yards, wow. three touchdowns. Nice. Sorry for uh, people who drafted that uh, rookie running back for Detroit in their fantasy league. I might have been one of them. That's okay. It's all right. It's only fantasy. It's only fantasy. Football. It really is not a big deal. All right. Let's get to uh, traffic now. Traffic hopefully also not that big of a deal on a Friday. Traffic mm-hmm. service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio on the web at LarkinCobb.com. 
Take it away, Anna. Well, yeah, it's not a huge deal, but those of you sitting in the slow traffic, it probably feels like it. Uh, the slowest traffic I'm seeing right now is down at the bottom of the loop of 275 going through that construction on uh, westbound 275 from Turkey Foot on over to Mineola Pike and staying in northern Kentucky, northbound 7175. You start off heavy just before the 275 interchange and you'll remain slow until you get up toward the Cutton Hill, northbound 471, slowing from Grand Avenue up to the river. On the Ohio side of things, northbound 75 is slow as you're approaching the Norwood Lateral, and southbound 75 is slow as you're heading through the Lachlan Split. Now for weather, it was foggy this morning. I haven't been outside, so I don't know if it's burned off, but I guess with the sunlight, it's a lot easier to see. I could barely see this morning. Anyway. That's neither here nor there, I guess. Turning partly cloudy in Cincinnati today with a high of 79 degrees. Fog develops again tonight with an overnight low of 58. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 80 degrees. Really felt like there was going to be like a mummy coming out of the, you know, like that kind of thing. Anyway. It was creepy. A werewolf. Something like that. Miami Valley, Dayton area, partly cloudy this afternoon, a high of 78. Mostly clear tonight with areas of fog and an overnight low of 57. Morning fog tomorrow becoming mostly sunny and a high of 80 degrees. Today is Friday, September the 29th. Matt, we are getting Joseph Pierce on the line here to talk about Lord of the Rings and journeying. Are you going to try to just throw another controversial topic out? No, I was thinking morning. we could talk. I know I have. I've been clickbaiting. You, you. want a controversial? To- Actually, I'll give you a controversial. Why don't we talk about uh, nuclear war real quick? Oh, okay. That Actually, this great. is this is relevant. I was wa- wanting to share this at some point in the in the show earlier. I sent you this the other day. Well, so... you got to go fast. I see Paul's got Joseph on the line. So Okay, I, this is going to be fast. So I was looking for quotes about St. Therese because her feast day is on Sunday. Right. And I picked up my old copy of Dorothy Day's biography mm-hmm. of St. Therese. Mm-hmm. And after making some comments about nuclear war fears and stuff, uh, Dorothy says this about Therese. She says... Therese speaks to our condition. Is the atom a small thing? And yet what havoc it has wrought. She's referring to like the Oppenheimer stuff. Right, right. She's like, is Therese's little way a small contribution to the life of the spirit? It has all the power of the spirit of Christianity behind it. It is an explosive force that can transform our lives and the life of the world when put into effect. Wow. So go be... A nuclear bomb of charity. With your tiny invisible axe. Along the little way. Beautiful. There you go. Joseph Pierce now joining us. He has got all kinds of great resources uh, through jpierce.co. That's his inner sanctum, but he's a visiting professor of literature at Ave Maria University. He's done stuff with Thomas More College of Liberal Arts, the Augustine Institute, St. Austin Review, and more other things than I can count. Joseph, good morning. Good morning, Matt. All right, so you got to walk parts of the Camino de Santiago recently. What uh, what got you on that path? Well, uh, I last year, I think it was last year, I did a, a Tolkien in the mountains, a, a, a Tolkien retreat in the in the Smoky Mountains of uh, South Carolina here, and somebody in Italy. Okay, let me just sorry. stop you right there, Joseph. Yeah, 
those are yeah. not the Smoky Mountains. They are the Misty Mountains. So. <laughs> Correct. The, mist, the, 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 the Very, very good. Very good, Matt. You're, you're, you're much wittier than I am this time of the morning. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yes, I was in a Tolkien retreat up in the Misty Mountains of South Carolina, and someone in Spain was surfing the web and saw it and thought it'd be great to bring that whole concept on the Camino. So he invited me, would you be willing to do Tolkien on the Camino? And, I, and I've always wanted to do the Camino. Um, and so it seemed like an answer to, to prayer, or at least to desire. Um, and so I said yes, and, uh, and we were over there for two weeks um, and doing chunks of the Camino. And I was giving talks on Tolkien in the evenings and on the bus uh, between various things. So we didn't do the whole Camino. I'd love to, but that's about 500 miles and would take about 30 days. We had about 10 days walking and did about 100 miles, I think. It's on my bucket list of things I'd love to do, but you know, one of the things that our listeners know you well for, and a lot of people do as well, is that uh, you know unpacking the story of of uh, the Lord of the Rings of the Hobbit as well, because they both have this sort of journey motif about people walking these landscapes together and bonding together, and you know, facing these obstacles together. I can't help but think that you had a lot to talk about on this walk. I did, and you know, and, and you're completely correct. There was there was something very tactile and incarnational in, in having a Tolkien retreat that was on the move, on foot, at walking pace, because that's of course exactly the way both stories take part, take place for the most part, uh, or at a pedestrian pace, in, in the best sense of the word. Uh, Hilaire Belloc said the best way to go on pilgrimage is on foot, and I agree with him. So we passed through all sorts of landscapes, and there's photographs of me hiding under the roots of a tree, as if from a the Black Riders, and another one of my talking to uh, another tree that's a bit like Treebeard. You know, when it, going through these various landscapes that remind you of the Shire, of the mountains. Um, it, was, it, it, it was something which, if you like, brought the Lord of the Rings to tactile and incarnational life, which, if you like, put bones to the, uh, uh, get, get the bones that underpinned the flesh of the allegorical dimension, the Catholic dimension of Lord of the Rings that I was talking about on, on, on route. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, it was a very special experience and one that I hope perhaps to repeat in the future. I mean, you could do this as, uh, as light or as heavy as you wanted to, as it were. I mean, you can, you could do some, some light additions and have more of like the singing while you walk stuff. You know, that'd be a nice thing. Or you could go all the way and have one of your people fall into an enchanted river and then they got to be asleep for the rest of the trip and you got to carry them. <laughs> well, that, that, that puts a whole new spin on carrying the cross anyway, doesn't it? <laughs> carrying carrying one, of the, one of the members of the fellowship on the Camino. That, but uh, it would certainly, it would, it would certainly uh, keep us all in good shape or kill us, one or the other. Well, when you're on pilgrimage, because, I mean, there's – Tolkien is not the first person to use this motif. I mean, uh, Chaucer uses this motif quite well, right, in the Canterbury Tales, tales and the storytelling that goes along the way. And in some ways, what Tolkien does uh, has echoes of, you know, Chaucer in it. But what do you kind of learn about yourself and about your fellow pilgrims when you walk together like that? I mean, you're correct, of course, that parallels with Chaucer, or even you can go back as far as Homer with the Odyssey, that this understanding of who we are as Homo Viator, that we are man on a journey, man on a pilgrimage, man on a quest. I mean, that's the spiritual and allegorical and analogical backdrop to both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Um, so obviously when you're doing it uh, with a fellowship of other pilgrims from different parts of the country and different ages, um, uh, it, it does allow you actually to to experience, shall we say, this allegory of life 
which, you know, our life is a journey. We do have a goal, and, and, and the goal at the end of the, the Camino is, of course, is Santiago de Compostela, but that in itself, in some sense, is a metaphor for heaven, that the journey is the, is, is the life journey, and the goal is heaven. So a pilgrimage, you, 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 you get somewhere. And I should say one thing, by the way, the thing about this northern part of Spain, there, there, there were relics of the True Cross, there was a, there's, there's the, uh, the shroud, uh, the holy shroud that covered the face of our Lord in the tomb. So you're, you're actually seeing all these astonishing places. And from a literary perspective, I stood on the spot where Roland was slain, the hero of the Song of Roland. I, I, I knelt at the tomb of El Cid. So this, oh, this wow. historical and literary dimension, as well as the spiritual, all of this is a, a backdrop to to the pilgrimage and, 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 if you like, the quest, all with Tolkien in the mix, which is a... You know, it really was a was was a, a tapestry, a spiritual tapestry woven in heaven. Well, don't tell anybody connected with the whole English black legend telling of history that you were on uh, the ground of the place that sent that armada. You know, having a spiritual experience because you know that would be a would be a bad thing for the reputation. <laughs> but... Well, yeah, the, 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 the black legend is, is, is the stuff of Mordor, so I'm not too concerned about it. There you go. Spain does not get a good read in that, but I'm so glad that you got to go and that you got to share some of that. Uh, if our listeners want to uh, dive a little deeper into some of the things that you've mentioned about Bilbo's journey and Frodo's journey and your own your own pilgrimage, but you've got books by those titles uh, and lots more. Uh, for understanding the Lord of the Rings and what's going on with it, uh, how can our listeners find some of that? Yeah, well, I've written three books on 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 Tolkien, Tolkien Man and Myth, Bilbo's Journey, and Frodo's Journey, and I write about Tolkien and Lewis and the other people of which I'm enthusiastic on my personal website, jpierce.co. So, if people want to go further up and further into Tolkien and Lewis and what I'm up to, they should go to my website, jpierce.co. Well, there's plenty, and next time you do that, we got to figure out a way to get like Sunrise Morning Show people on one of those because that sounds like an absolute blast, and we're still technically young enough to pull it off. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm much older than you are, and I pulled it off, so I, I think there's hope, Matt. <laughs> well, that's great. Joseph Pierce, we've got you linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Again, head over to his inner sanctum at jpierce.co. Tons of great stuff over there. Have a wonderful day, Joseph. We'll talk to you again My soon. My pleasure, Matt. God bless. All right, we've got headlines. Uh, we don't have headlines. We've got traffic and weather coming up after the break. It's 20 minutes past the hour. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Dr. Michael Carter will discuss the real character of Christopher Columbus. Biff Roca will share his new book, A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. I will talk about the holy archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. With frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. 
For more than 150 years, the Komboni missionaries have served the poorest and most forgotten people. With our founder, St. Daniel Komboni, as an inspiration, we work for the full development of the human person through evangelization, education, and advocacy. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at kombonimissionaries.org. That is kombonimissionaries.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Twenty-two minutes past the hour, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Still a little bit slow as you're heading through the Lachlan split on southbound 75. Uh, northbound 75, you're going to be on the brakes as you approach the Norwood lateral. Northbound 71, 75, still a bit slow from 275 up toward the cut in the hill. And westbound 275 at the bottom of the loop from about Turkey Foot over toward Mineola Pike. Now for weather, morning fog today in Cincinnati, then turning partly cloudy with a high of 79 degrees. Fog developing again tonight with an overnight low of 58, mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 80 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, partly cloudy this afternoon, a high of 78, mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 57. Some morning fog tomorrow, then becoming mostly sunny and high of 80 degrees. Please pray with me. The Novena prayer in the 54-day Novena ahead of the November election here in Ohio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Coming up next on the Sunrise Morning Show, Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. It's 24 past. Does your parish have a spiritual event planned? Sacred Heart Radio can help get the word out. Whether it's a parish mission, 40 hours of adoration, or a speaker you've invited, just visit sacredheartradio.com and click on events and give us the facts to put on the radio and on our events calendar. One of the benefits of having a local Catholic station is to inform our listeners of the many spiritual activities happening throughout the tri-state. So to submit a spiritual event planned for your parish, just visit sacredheartradio.com and click on events. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Our bodies are a gift of God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Just as the human body ought to be treated with respect and dignity in life, so it is meant to be treated after death. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help make advance arrangements with their Catholic funeral plan. Pre-planning is especially important to those preparing to enroll in Medicare. It also ensures that you make the arrangements you want, leaving your family without the hardship of planning while grieving. Find out more at 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton. RoseAutomotiveGroup.com. Joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture, here to preview the readings for Mass this weekend. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Annie. It's a blessing to be with you and your listeners today. It is a blessing to have you back. And our first reading for Mass on Sunday is from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 18. And it begins this way. Thus says the Lord, you say, the Lord's way is not fair. I mean, talk about a way to enter into the liturgy of the word this weekend. <laughs> Quite the reading from Ezekiel. What What is it all about? Well, Ezekiel is one of the prophets that is writing during the Babylonian exile, in which the people have been taken off to Babylon, and they're saying exactly what Ezekiel says, the Lord's way is not fair. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I'm reminded of, of, of the kids, right, when they, you know, Daddy, why did you do, you know, and I say, well, you didn't make your bed the way you promised you would. So now you, there's consequences, right? So Israel's in Babylon. Why? Well, because they, they were not true to the Lord, right? The, the, the text continues, Here now, house of Israel, is it my way that is unfair, or rather are your ways unfair? When someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity and dies, it is because of the iniquity is committed that he must die. But if he turns from wickedness, he has committed and does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life. So the Lord's saying, look, what you have done has led you to where you are. It's not because I've been unfair to you, but because you've been untrue to me, right? Instead of offering the tithes that you promised to offer, instead of being charitable as you promised to be charitable, you enslaved your brother and you turned to idols, uh, and, and therefore, the consequences are in front of you. But, and this is the, the important part of this of this Sunday, but the Lord is merciful. And if you'll just repent, if you'll just call out to him, he will be near you. As we've been saying over the last few weeks, the readings have been saying, the Lord is ready to act in your life. If you'll just open your life to it, he's just not going to force it to happen. You're not going to be preserved in your homes and in the promised land and the temple well, you're turning away from the Lord who's giving you these very good things, yeah? And so we say in the, in the responsorial psalm, Psalm 25, this Sunday, remember your mercies, O Lord, right? Mercy is the love, as, as Pope Francis likes to say, mercy is love in action, right? Remember your love for me, Lord. Pour out your life once again that I might mention. 
Well, it's interesting, this reading from Ezekiel put in uh, conjunction with our gospel reading in Matthew chapter 21, when Jesus starts going after the, the chief priests and the elders, just as the Lord did to the people through the prophet Ezekiel. Yeah, here we are, Matthew chapter 21, verse 28 and following. And, and what we need to know is that Jesus now made his way from Galilee to Jerusalem. Palm Sunday has taken place, and he's now standing in the temple. And he knows these guys. He's turned over the tables. He's caused real turmoil in Jerusalem. And now the chief priests, the elders, are upset. They're mad, and they're going, to, they're going after him. And Jesus now, far from turning to his disciples and teaching them in parables and things like that, he takes off the gloves and goes after these guys. And what he says here in this gospel is right, right in their face, right? He says, what is your opinion? A man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, go out into the vineyard. And the first son said, I will not. But later on, he went out. And his second son says, I will. But then he doesn't go out, right? So who is he talking to? Well, he's talking to the Jews. And, uh, and he's saying, look, look, I, the, the Gentiles, the world was my, was my creation, right? And yet they revolted against me. And then I came to you, Israel, and I, and I nurtured you, and I cultivated you, and you said you would be faithful to me, but you said you'd be faithful to me, and you weren't. Right? It was lip service, right? So who's going to be favored? Who's, who's, who's the right one? Well, as he says, prostitutes and tax collectors are entering the kingdom of God before you. You Jews who say you're faithful are just doing lip service to the Lord. And these people that are following me, right, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the poor, the indigent, the, the, uh, the, the, the lepers, the lame, the blind, they're all getting into the kingdom before you, right? And it's a big, for us as Catholics, I think this is very applicable, right? Because we're, we, we are, in a sense, the chosen people. God founded the church. And yet, are we just paying lip service to the Lord? Is our heart really in there? Because the Lord is ready to act. He's ready to be merciful in our lives if you'll just be honest and open and true with them. Yeah, I was going to ask, because this is yet another reading in this theme that I feel like we've been getting from the church over, what, three or four weeks now, Father, about what is the true nature of the mercy of God and and the fact that we might have a hard time swallowing it in, in our pride here as as Christians. Yeah, Andy, I think I think humility is the key here, right? God, God is merciful, but for Him to act, right? For for Him to to be love in action in my life, I need to humble myself and realize that first of all, just because yes, I was baptized, yes, I'm a member of the church, it's not enough. There has to be an internal repentance for our sins, an internal recognition of how far we've fallen from the grace of God, and a willingness in our, in our situation to go to holy confession, to approach the Lord in humility rather than in pride, and, and, act, and act and ask from the bottom of our heart for the Lord to be present in my life and to act, and then the sinner will find life, then the sinner will find happiness, then we'll find true joy in our life, but not just because, because of who I am, and that's the temptation of our modern world, right? Everything is ours by right. My brothers and sisters, nothing is ours by right. 
everything is ours by gift. And the only response to the gift is to say thank you and to open our life up to the Lord's mercy. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. And Father, if listeners want to check out what's going on at the Institute of Catholic Culture, how do they get in touch? We launch our new curriculum year this coming week with Father Spitzer on the Eucharistic miracles of the 21st century. Come check us out at instituteofcatholicculture.org. Everything is free of charge. instituteofcatholicculture.org. Father Spitzer live at the ICC this coming Tuesday. And that is going to be awesome. Father Spitzer, on anything that has a scientific element to it, you know that it's going to be intense. So, instituteofcatholicculture.org, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. 34 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. Pope Francis is preparing to preside over a consistory tomorrow to create new cardinals. The 21 men who will be elevated come from all over the world, and among them is American-born Cardinal-elect Robert Prevost, who heads up the Dicastery for Bishops, as well as the current Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Cardinal-elect Christophe Pierre. This all coming ahead of the Assembly for the Synod on Synodality, which begins next week. In Washington, Congress is coming close to running out the clock on avoiding a government shutdown at the end of the week. Federal funding is set to expire tomorrow night if lawmakers fail to strike a deal. Former President Trump will not be trying to move his Georgia election interference case to federal court. Brian Shook reports. House Republicans claim that the president improperly profited off his son's foreign business dealings. On Thursday, Comer released a statement saying bank records and witness testimony. That is the wrong story. Give me one second here. I don't think I can find it. Well, we'll move on. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain will make an announcement this morning on the next steps in the strike against the big three automakers. Last Friday, the strike expanded from three plants to an additional 38 GM and Stellantis parts and distribution locations. This morning's announcement is scheduled for 10 a.m. Eastern time on Facebook Live. Meanwhile, the writer's strike is over, but Hollywood's actors are still picketing, demanding better pay and protections. Mark Mayfield reports. On Wednesday, SAG-AFTRA announced that they'll begin negotiations again next week. The talks will be attended by several executives from the Actors' Union and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. SAG-AFTRA members are asking for a bigger cut of the revenue from streaming shows and more protections against the use of artificial intelligence. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Holy See has released the theme for the next World Day of Social Communications, and artificial intelligence plays into that theme. It's artificial intelligence and wisdom of the heart for a fully human communication. The Holy See press office released a communique accompanying this theme, saying the evolution of artificial intelligence systems makes it ever more natural to communicate through and with machines so that it has become increasingly difficult to distinguish computation from thought and language produced by a machine that generated that from that generated by human beings. Like all revolutions, the statement says, this one, based on artificial intelligence, too, poses new challenges to ensure that machines do not contribute to a large-scale system of disinformation and do not also increase the loneliness of those who are already alone, depriving us of the warmth that only communication between people can provide. 
It is important to guide artificial intelligence and algorithms so that there is in each individual a responsible awareness of the use and development of these different forms of communication that go hand in hand with social media and the Internet. It is necessary for communication to be oriented towards a fuller life of the human person. 837 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. All right. We'll talk Thursday night football first. Detroit Lions had no problem with the Green Bay Packers on the road 34-17, and it really wasn't even that close. Lions beat the Packers. David Montgomery, Mount Healthy grad. He uh, ran for 121 yards, three touchdowns, as Detroit improves to 3-1. and one. How about baseball last night? The Atlanta Braves did what they were supposed to do. Beat the Chicago Cubs, Miami Marlins, and New York Mets. Well, that game got suspended in the ninth inning, top of the ninth inning. Unfortunately, the Marlins took a 2-1 to lead over the Mets in the top of the ninth inning. And uh, right now, as that game sits, there's runners on first and second with two outs as the time of the suspension. The game will be finished Monday afternoon. Back to baseball. Reds need to keep their playoff hopes alive by winning the remainder of their three games against the Cardinals. They're still a game and a half out of that final wild card spot. And we are also uh, having a scoreboard watch as well. So uh, hopefully the Reds can uh, keep their season alive. It's been a lot of fun to this point. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 38 past. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonricemorningshow.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. The show notes is where you'll get the links and resources you heard about on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith, and for the podcast to find and replay an interview. To check out the show notes every day, visit the new sacredheartradio.com. In the 15th century, St. Bernadine of Siena said, Prayer is the best preparation for Holy Communion. When we pray, we go to meet Christ who is coming to us. It is only fitting that we should go to meet Him. And this is what we do when we spend some time in prayer. And so we reflect, how is your personal prayer life preparing you to receive the love of Christ in his precious blood and precious body at Mass. For Sacred Heart Radio, I'm Precious Blood Father Kevin Scalf. It's 20 till. 
Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show here in studio, Catherine Fishlock, professional singer, musician, and teacher. It's good to see you. Good to be here. So we're going to have a little lecture training today <laughs> with Catherine Fishlock. Uh, we talked last time, Catherine, about the difference between enunciating well and like theatrically performing the readings at mass. Can you remind us of that mm-hmm. point to start us off here? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, first off, kudos to all of those wonderful, good-hearted lectors and cantors out there who, you know, who who serve serve the Lord and serve the church week in and week out. You know, mm-hmm. that is an invaluable service. And um, I think, you know, like anything, there are things that we enter into that we don't necessarily get a lot of training in, you know, or even any dis- much discussion about how to do this, that, or the other thing. And mm-hmm. certainly... Public speaking is not something that everybody has training in, and the the uh, the art of oration is not something that is taught anymore, sure. because we don't really use it that much. But uh, in reading in public or singing in public in a situation where the words are paramount and the meaning is paramount, we want to be able to strike a balance between being expressive but not being theatrical. Yeah. Because we can't we also we can't go too far to the other side either and be just you know deadpan monotone, right? Because then the meaning doesn't come off the page. Mm-hmm. I like to tell my my students when we talk about, you know, singing the text or speaking the text that there has to be a certain depth of relief. You know, it's like looking into a into a relief into a carving. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, the depth of it is what makes the images pop out as opposed to just something flat. Sure. And um, But we don't want to go too far because then we can also lose the meaning. All right. Well, we're going to do some, uh, some examples here. Okay. Okay. So the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, second reading, is from St. Paul's Letter to the Philippians. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite readings mm-hmm. that we get from uh, Chapter 4, I believe, or is it Chapter 2? Two? 2. Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to read it to us in the various ways. So give us monotone first. Okay. So I won't do the whole thing. We'll just do a little example. Sure. Okay. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. All right. Now, give us sing song. Okay. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is so bad that we're on video now because people are seeing, like, I'm managing to, like, stay quiet, but I am, like, cracking up over here. Okay. Now. So, so the two things I want to point about yeah. about, about each of those, two, or yeah. the one thing about each of those, is that it's too regular. Right? Yeah. There's too much, I'm doing the same thing in every line, right? Uh-huh. I'm kind of leaning on certain certain accented syllables. But basically, the shape of the line becomes exactly the same, right? But up, 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 or da 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 da, da 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 da. So you know, so the rhythmic pattern just becomes too uniform. Okay. Okay. Now give us the theatrical. All right. 
Oh, okay. Because <laughs> this is so good theatrical. So please, please go right ahead. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. All right, now give us the correct way. Okay, so, and again... There may be disagreement out there, but the trick is no, no, no. to find... You are our <laughs> instructor. We are in the Catherine Fishlock School of Lecturing. Oh, so my this is... We are your students. Go ahead, Catherine. All right. So the trick is to find the accented syllables and the goal words mm. within each line. Yeah. All right? And, right? and relay the meaning. Nice. Who, though he was in the form of God did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Very nice. Now, you said that you needed to find, did you say the accent words? Is that how mm -hmm. you So this is something that I'm going to reveal to listeners that you were doing off the air. So you've got my copy of the Magnificat here and you actually read the reading out loud mm -hmm. and you took a pen and underlining. Now, I know that, you know, a lector is not going to be mm -hmm. allowed to do that in the lectionary book. But right. the importance of reading aloud mm -hmm. to yourself in these instances is, is I mean, un, I mean, the biggest thing, I right. would think. Oh, for sure. Preparation is always the key. To anything you're going to do in public, right? For any reason, even for even in a religious community, if it's your turn to canter, and uh, you know that is your public, just your community. Still, preparation is the key, not only for the sake of the people, but f to the honor of God, right? Yeah. That we don't just grab a, a reading and, and read it cold, um, and in this the whole sense of the. Uh, sanctification of souls right we play a role in that as we spoke last week we pl we play a role in in giving the meaning in the yeah. truth of of that word into well execute and make markings make a xerox copy yeah. and mark up your mark up your reading yeah yeah if you would like Catherine fishlock to train you up in lecturing train your lectors up train your choir and singing get in touch with us through sunrise morning show.com on the contact page we'll get you in touch with Catherine. Catherine, thank you so much good to be here all right it's 12 till chris mcgregor is next in this crazy world where can catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith check out the angels list on sacredheartradio.com it's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. 
This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. A wedding Being is a prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre-planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513-489-0300. 513-489-0300. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I am so good. I cannot tell you. I mean, I know I say this every week, Chris, how excited I am to get to talk to you about the Office of Readings that you the the selection that you have chosen each week. But I am really excited to talk about this one um, from the September 29th Feast of the Archangels, Michael, Gabriel and Raphael and this really stirring sermon on them from Pope St. Gregory the Great. He's a doctor of the church, right? Oh, yes, he is. And of course, he's he's the uh, he's the great. And we just the thing about I'm excited too. every time I get a chance to go into the office of readings. This is the church is giving us to feed on every single day. So it's right there, and the whole church is thinking and contemplating the angels. I mean, what a time. Friday is the Feast of the Archangels. And then, like three days later, uh, after, of course, St. Jerome and Therese, the little flower, we have the great Feast of the Guardian Angels. I mean, this is just celestial time in, in, in overdrive, isn't it? It really, really is. I love this time of year and the feast days that we get. Um, in in September and October, for sure, as you were just mentioning. So let's take a look at this sermon from St. Gregory. He starts with what I think, Chris, and, and I, I assume you agree, a really helpful explanation of what an angel is and, and what distinguishes an archangel. Yeah, he is writing so many years before, probably 700 years before St. Thomas Aquinas will break open even more insight and vision about the angels. But Pope Gregory, uh, the great Benedictine, would say that the word angel denotes a function rather than a nature. They don't, they're holy spirits of heaven. They only... uh, take on the name angel, as it were, when they deliver messages. Mm-hmm. So even in the great choir of angels, the nine that we uh, we acknowledge with the seraphim, the cherubim, the thrones, and, and all of them, they are communicating with each other in mm-hmm. communion. They all have relationships. They're beings of relationship. And so God gives them to us in the form of those messengers of his great desire to commune, communicate with us. Yeah. 
And so then the ones who proclaim messages of supreme importance, he says, are called archangels. And so it was that not merely an angel, but the archangel Gabriel was sent to the Virgin Mary. It was only fitting that the highest angels should come to announce the greatest of all messages and then goes on to talk about each three of them. You know, I was really, really struck by his explanation of St. Michael. Oh, I think Michael, I have a son named Michael. I have a brother named Michael. Michaels have been very prominent in my life. And I have to say the name Michael, who is like God? It's almost like who, who can be God? And yet Michael serves God in such incredible ways. We see him uh, in the Old Testament at the end, um, but he also is in the apocalypse where he's battling mm. the enemy. And he, the archangels, according to that great choir, they're, they're not like the seraphim and the cherubim, the mighty, mighty ones who probably Lucifer, that, that angel that wanted to be like God. No, he's Michael, the little, the, actually the archangels on that lower rung, in their humility, they're the ones who is like God and can vanquish that proud angel, mm-hmm. that uh, not holy angel. And uh, and he still intercedes for us today. Yeah. This was the line that really got to me, Chris. I hope you can reflect on it. He said, whenever some act of wondrous power must be performed, Michael is sent so that his action and his name may make it clear that no one can do what God does by his superior power. Isn't that something? Again, it's, it's Michael is doing the work of, the, of God. It is God who is the, he, he's the one who is the action. Michael is actually out of the way in a, in a way because God is working through him to be able to come to our remedy, to come to our aid, and he's the one that we call to. I, after every mass, I still say the St. Michael prayer. Yeah, uh, we say I say it often, and I think it's. Uh, and he brings in all of the others as well. He's a a, a great uniter. And then there's Raphael or mm-hmm. Raphael, Raphael, Raphael. My son is very particular because he he got it from a name from a turtle. But <laughs> which one? Wait, which one does he? Which one does he insist upon? Raphael. Raphael. Okay. I'm sorry I pronounced it wrong. Please apologize to him for me. Okay. But there's, uh, no, seriously, in that, um, we see him in the book of Tobit, and Gregory the Great talks about him. He is God's remedy. Mm. He's the one that, there's there's a saying that in that, we don't hear his name in the New Testament, but when that passage in the Bible about the pool of Bethesda, that people would go for healing. Yeah. And remember that? And the man yes. who couldn't get there, yeah. that that water was stirred. And the thought was that action probably, you know, could have been Raphael yeah. um, or Raphael uh, going down and stirring that water. We don't know that for sure. It's not in the scripture. But there's that thought because that's God's remedy, that action of healing. Raphael (laughs) means, as I have said, Gregory says, God's remedy for when he touched Tobit's eyes in order to cure him. He banished the darkness of his blindness. You know, I think about Aquinas there talking about sight. Yeah, thank you.
Thank you so much, Chris McGregor. And uh, you can find discerninghearts.com linked at sonrisemorningshow.com. St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, pray for us. We will look forward to being back with you live on Monday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show when we're celebrating. You know what? I didn't look up the date on Monday. What is the Monday? Is Monday the second, the feast of the guardian angels. So we go from angels to angels here on the morning show. Love this time of year. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. For Matt Swaim and Paul Lockman, I'm Anna Mitchell. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. For Catholics, being united with God for eternity is the goal of earthly life. A Catholic cemetery is sacred because it holds our bodies, once temples of the Holy Spirit, until the Lord comes again. The Archdiocese of Cincinnati has consecrated Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery to provide this ministry and remind us that life is not ended, but changed. Today, you can ensure that you and your loved ones are interred in accordance with your faith. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Are you looking for a way to grow in holiness as a married couple? Do you desire to grow closer to God and to each other as you navigate the challenges of life? Join us for a marriage retreat. October 20th through the 22nd at Catholic Family Land. Deepen your relationship with your spouse through prayer, receiving the sacraments, intentional communication, and time spent together. Register at afc.org. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing you care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. I'm Deacon Bill Mullaney from Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at